Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riv and Andrew Velez and this is now episode 91. In this episode, we'll talk about Nikola Jokic winning the MVP, the Nuggets being down 0-2, Rudy Gobert's third DPOY, and Kemba Walker wanting out of Boston. For the NFL portion of the podcast, we'll talk about Sam Darnold's vaccine comments, Jordan Love impressing in OTAs, if Kellen Mond can be the Vikings franchise quarterback, if the Chiefs are still the team to beat, and who's more likely to be a Denver Bronco, Aaron Rodgers, or Deshaun Watson. This is now episode 91. A lot of stuff has been happening both in the NBA and NFL. In the NBA, playoff basketball, everybody loves it. But in the NFL, we have OTAs happening everywhere. And I've been reading that a lot of these rookie quarterbacks have been doing good. Zach Wilson has been impressing in the Jets OTAs. Justin Fields has been doing his thing. Um, You got Mac Jones impressing the Patriots. Trevor Lawrence, though, I heard Trevor Lawrence had two interceptions in OTAs. Wow. One was a pick six, so he was struggling a bit. But for the most part, everybody's doing good and haven't had you on the show in a while. As you know, how, Listen, how has everything been? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. I, I love being on the show. Happy to be here. Let's have a good show. Let's do it. You know, I've been watching the Game of Thrones recently. I just started oh, yeah? watching it. Have you ever watched it? Of course. Come okay. on. Phenomenal. You finished show. it? Yeah, I saw, you I saw, watched it too? Phenomenal I saw show. you tweeted like, why did no one tell me that Game of Thrones is this good? And but you know for a fact at least everyone told you that the that the show <laughs> is probably amazing. definitely seen I it. see I seen the tweets of it, but back then, I mean, because Game of Thrones was really popping during high school. Facts. And when I was in high school, that was like a couple years ago. HBO, those streaming softwares, those streaming platforms, they was bright. Yeah, they it was were like taken. fifteen. It was like fifteen a month. I didn't have the money to get it back then, but yeah. now I'm stacked. I have Disney Plus. I got Hulu. I got Netflix. I got HBO. I got Disney. Paramount. Not yet. All right. Not okay. Yet. But you know, I got. I'm stacked. I got Peacock too. Yeah, I have Peacock. You got Showtime. Nah, I don't have Showtime. Star Stars. Because Showtime, right? Showtime is type whack. You should watch The Shy. Uh, Showtime low key is whack. The Shop. The Shy. Oh, Shy? I have heard that, that the show's good. Great show. Where mm-hmm. is it? It's on Showtime? Showtime. Yeah. I mean, it's probably on YouTube TV, though. Oh, okay. It's definitely okay. probably on YouTube TV. Now, but yeah, I was watching the Game of Thrones, and oh my gosh, this show is it's crazy. Season one's nuts, It's ridiculous. Season, season one crazy. gets you in tune for real. It's ridiculous. What episode are you in, so I don't say anything crazy? Season two, episode, just finished episode oh, two. So oh, you so saw, you're, you're in You tune. saw Ned. Oh my God! But they treat him with disrespect. I ain't like that. I ain't like That's that. That's what I knew. The show was different. Bro, Joffrey is such a such a douche. Yeah, nah, I hate him. My cousin and I were talking about it. We were like, "Yo, bro, like so he's such he's such a dork. Like he can't fight. He just be trying to act." Like, think act about it. If you were fourteen and you were the king of everyone, you know what but I the mean? The way like, he, act, I mean, out. so you've seen the 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 aura a little bit of Jon Snow. Like his his energy, his vibe. You see what he on. Yeah, he's it's gonna get nasty. I can't lie. He's, nah, this show's crazy, bro. Him and his brothers. Me. I'm mad. They uh, never mind. Go ahead, do your thing. I ain't you go haven't ahead. seen anything yeah. yet. I, it's gonna get better. Now, yeah, I, I've been when I've been watching it. You almost tweaked. I almost did. I almost. Told my me. cousin, my cousin watched the show already, and we just like go back and forth, and we just you know say catchphrases uh-huh. and like uh, the Lannisters, are like the Lannisters always pay back their debts. <laughs> It's, yo, bro, those catchphrases are funny as hell, bro. I hate bro. the Lannisters, bro. Nah, I, I like them all. I they're, can't First of all, they're weird. They're they like make, hillbillies. Nah, they're, they are. They're, nasty. they're definitely weird, but they make the show the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. Now we're going to get into another great show. Let's the do Pick it. Aside Podcast, Amen. episode 91. To start off the show, we're going to talk about Nikola Jokic winning the MVP. He averaged 26-11-8 in the regular season. He shot 57% from the field, 38% from the three, close 39%. He was top five in total points, rebounds, and assists. 
and he's the lowest draft pick ever to win MVP at the 41st pick. He got drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, and he's the first MVP to play every game since Kobe Bryant in 2008. And a fun fact, Kobe Bryant challenged him in 2019 to win the MVP. Two years later, he won it. And MVP first place votes, Jokic got 91, Curry got five, CP3 had two, and Bede had one, Derek Rose Giannis had one. had one, and Derrick Rose had one. Yes. Didn't he have the fan vote, something like that? I think I'm gonna call I'm gonna call BS on that. Okay, because I don't think like what's the fan vote? It's our votes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know we voted for. MVP. I didn't know either, because I doubt that fans voted Derrick Rose in. Like based on the reactions of everybody on Twitter and social media when Derrick Rose got voted for MVP, they were like, "Who voted for him?" Like yeah. I don't think it was the. Fans. You'd be surprised though. It is that one guy that votes. Randall not getting one vote is nuts. He should have gotten over Rose, over Randall. I mean, he should have gotten over Rose. Oh, and the playoffs, no doubt. But before we started the show, you talked about how you thought Embiid should have been the MVP. I do. So so. I want to start off with you and why you, you know, why you (laughs) think that. Well, first off, so we're just going to ignore the question right now, whether it was overlooked or not, or just start with you. Yeah, because if you, because in my opinion, I think he was unanimously the MVP. Like I wouldn't, he was the MVP for me. And I think he had his season has been overlooked, which is the question. And I think you're doing the overlooking right now. Okay. So I want to I want to know why you feel Embiid should have won over Jokic. So I just think Embiid was the best player in the NBA this season. It's unfortunate that he missed time because if he didn't miss any time, he was definitely winning the MVP. Especially if you look at last season to this season, he showed vast improvements on everything. Defensively, he was way better. I'm not even going to talk about offensively because we know his game offensively. He can do whatever he wants with the basketball. One thing I will say is why I think Jokic deserved the MVP over him is because he had he played all 72. I mean, Embiid missed, what, 20-something games this season? Mm-hmm. But even still, he averaged 28.5 on 51% shooting, 37 from the three-point line, 10, 10, 10.6 rebounds, uh, not as many assists as, as Joker, which why Joker was had all-time great season. I, I can't hate on Joker winning the MVP, but I just think that Embiid leading the Sixers to the to the one seed in the East, especially when you had the Nets, who had the all-time great roster. You got Harden, you got Kyrie, KD. Even though they didn't play together too many games during the regular season, they were still able to to rack up wins because they have the talent. Then you look at a team, uh, Lincoln, uh, who's the three? Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee has been a force in that East for the last three, four years. Um, they dropped down a little bit this year, but obviously they're playing for the playoffs, even though they're looking a little shaky. But then even still, that just speaks more volumes to to Philadelphia and what Joel Embiid has done with them. Uh, do I understand why Joker won? Of course. But I just think that Embiid just means a little bit more to his squad right now. You saw when they were playing the Wizards that they, they looked like they could have gotten bounced at. If, if Embiid didn't play at all that series, I, I don't know if the Wizards or I don't know if the Sixers uh, beat, uh, beat them in five. No way. But Embiid, they didn't need Embiid for that game five. They looked good. Uh, but that game four without Embiid, they looked like a JV basketball team. And they need they need Embiid to stretch the floor. Uh, of course, Joker probably means the exact same to, to his squad. But his defense is nowhere near Embiid's. And I feel like that's what separates him a little bit. But Joker, of course, gets the edge since he can pass the ball like, like Chris Paul. Philly was 10-11 and 11 this season without Embiid. Just to back up your point a little yeah. bit more. What do you have to say to that? Um... You know, looking at just the raw stats, I had to go ahead and just look up Embiid's stats real quick. If you just look at the raw stats, you know, not advanced stats, 
obviously you can make the case for Embiid being better than the Joker this season, but I think just from a consistent standpoint, there was no way the Joker wasn't going to win the MVP. I think him being healthy all year, while the team was dealing with a lot of injuries, especially down the stretch when Murray went down, they got Aaron Gordon. They didn't know what that was going to be like. Losing Will Barton, losing P.J. Dozier. They was losing a lot of guys towards the end of the season. I think him continuing that consistent play. And then, mind you, they were like six, seven seed walking into the All-Star break, and he climbed them back up to third. So I think that was another thing that boosted them. To the, to the question, I think it has been overlooked. I think I've spoken on it before. I think people are forgetting how this guy has been the consistent MVP this year. People are forgetting him in the playoffs. Granted, they're down 0-2, but this guy has been as dominant as he was in the regular season in the playoffs, and people aren't talking about him being one of the best players in the league this season alone. I think he's definitely deserving of that, and it has been overlooked because, you know, big men are a dying breed in today's NBA, and I think for that matter, it's going to be overlooked. But Embiid and the Joker are showing that Big men are still valuable in today's game, even if they're too big. The Joker, especially being with his playmaking ability and the fact that he runs the offense and offense runs through him. He's their best rebounder, their best passer. He's one of their best scorers. And I think that goes to show that he's one of the best players in the league. But he has been overlooked this year, and I think that's just because of the day and age. Can I say something before you go? I want to say I didn't overlook him. Last time I was on the show, we talked about (laughs) predictions for the series Blazers versus the Nuggets. I had the Nuggets. Both you of you guys took the Blazers. I feel like yeah, I knew you did, wanted to say that. Both of <laughs> you guys took the Blazers, and Joker ate all series long. That's true. I feel like I, I didn't, I'm not overlooking him. I just think that Embiid was the better player this year, but because he had the longevity of playing all 72, of course you got to give it to, to Jokic. Yeah, I mean, you're right. If, if Embiid would have played the full season being the first seed, I think this MVP race would have been way closer. It might have been Embiid 60 votes, mm-hmm. Jokic like 40 would have been very close, but those games did cost Embiid. I'll say this. Jokic has shown to be one of the best players in the NBA. I think right now he could he could have a solid argument for being top five. The reason why I think his season was overlooked is because at every stop and turn, even throughout his entire season, the media kept trying to prop up a new MVP candidate. We had Chris Paul at one point. We had Julius Randle at one Steph. point. We had Steph. He was dominating headlines, yep. and people he didn't even make the playoffs, and it was saying he should be MVP. There I was, was one of them. There oh, was, God. at every stop and turn, Jokic's season was getting overlooked because they kept trying to make somebody else the MVP, some, try to crown somebody else. And that's why I think it was overlooked. And when they got that first-round matchup versus the Blazers, I kind of was worried because he is the MVP. If he loses in the first round, we know what the narrative around that is going to be. But he averaged 33, 10, and 5 in the first round. And the Blazers should have won, if mm-hmm. we're being honest. Because in terms of just talent alone, I think the Blazers had more. Their backcourt should have outproduced Denver's backcourt way more. Well, but also, yeah, Austin Rivers, yeah, Compazzo, Morris, they all put in their part. And now we see them versus Phoenix. They're coming back down to earth. Yep. They're not playing that well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought Portland was going to win in seven. I thought it was going to be a close series. But... For Jokic to get out that first round, I think kind of even solidified his MVP case even more. And everybody's talking about Luka having these great performances against the Clippers. But Jokic was having a great performance against the Blazers every single game. And nobody is posting him as much as they're posting Luka. Yeah, that, that's. I think that was one of the things that we talked about it last week, me, you, and JC. I, I felt like people were on the media hyping up Luka. Granted, he was destroying the Clippers, but... 
you know, there's another guy out there who's destroying Portland as well. You know, the Joker every night showed up for his team, whether his team showed up or not. And he completely dominated the Portland Trailblazers. I was one of those people that thought, you know, Dame was going to carry them out the series. But I think and Dame got more love, if we're being yeah, honest, in Dame terms was, of media attention in that series than Jokic. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was hitting those uh, that yeah. one game that he what did he have 12 threes. He had like he had 50, 50 points. points. Something yes. ridiculous, they man. They did lose, but yeah. not not because of Dame. No way. I think it was at home too that they lost. But what, yeah, they no, did. it was on the road. Was it on the road? I think it was on the road. Wasn't that it? Game was, I think it was. Five? Yeah, I think it was too. I think it, it was, was on too. the road. Yeah. But one thing I'll Denver. say uh, about the Luca getting more more coverage than Jokic is, they're playing the Clippers. The Clippers are were easily expected to win that series. Yeah. Nuggets Blazers. I feel like people lean more Nuggets because they were the three seed. You still they had the MVP on their team. But I think even when you say that, even. In the regular season, people were hyping up, not hyping, excuse my language, but propping up Luka to be the MVP this year. And they had him. I feel like that was prior to yeah, the season. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, Even yeah. like towards when he was um, having those great runs, he got his three-point percentage up, he got his free throw percentage up. People were trying to get him back in that MVP race. And the Joker just kept, like like he said, Steph was getting love for a couple months. Harden was getting that love. Giannis was getting that love. And it was everybody. Mm-hmm. It was like somebody different. But the main constant was the Joker who was playing phenomenal damn near every night and he Definitely. still wasn't getting that love so that's why the overlooking thing has to be shown because it's like he was balling all year everybody had their like he may not have had the Steph Curry month or a Harden month but consistently he was doing it for his team every night and he wasn't getting talked about yep. enough okay the Nuggets have been great all season until this point right now they're facing Phoenix and I think for me, at least, I think the arena was Stonewall. Yep. Yeah. Phoenix is just a better team. You watch them play, they're just a better team. In game one, they beat the Nuggets 122 to 105. In game two, they beat Denver 123 to 98. So they have blown them out twice already. Now these next two games are going to be in Denver. We've seen this story before from the Nuggets, though, that they go down the series, then they rally back. But this time they don't have Jamal Murray. Yeah. And when we were talking about the Portland versus Denver series just for a little bit right before uh, we did this topic is that Morris Rivers and Compazzo all did their part to make up for Jamal Murray's loss. But you look at in this series, I mean, they've been awful. Compazzo's averaging eight and a half points per game, shooting 37% from the field. Rivers is averaging six and a half points, shooting 33% from the field. And Monte Morris playing 20 minutes per game is averaging 2.5 points per game and shooting 12% from the field. In game two, Jokic had 24 points, 13 rebounds, and six assists, and the rest of the Nuggets starters combined had 26, 11, and four. His assist totals in the postseason significantly lower. The simple question question for you guys is, do you think the Nuggets can come back 0-2? Well, first of all, I don't think Compazzo and uh, Austin Rivers fell off a cliff. I think this is what they are. This is what they... They're just coming back to who they are as players. As for the team, it's never over. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on the ship and say it's over after two games because we've seen even in this series in this in ah excuse me we've seen even in these playoffs a team could go down two zero and still get those two on the road or at home. Now, granted, it's in Denver, so they have an opportunity to bounce back, make adjustments. They have the Joker, who's the best player in the series, so they have an opportunity to definitely get back. But I think you're right. You know. Phoenix is is probably going to end up winning the series because they're just the better team. Like it's not, I don't even think it's a scheme that can change this. There's a play that they can double team Denver uh, Devin Booker more. Like it, there's nothing. They're just better. Jamal Murray's definitely missed in this series, and they they this is the series the type of series they need him for, and he's not going to be back. So I think 
Phoenix ultimately is the better team and they're going to win. Yeah, like both you guys said, without Jamal Murray, I just think that it's going to be way too difficult for the Nuggets to overcome this. Their guard play just can't keep up with CP3, Devin Booker. And, and even their, their, uh, their, their forwards, you got Jay uh, on the Suns, you got Jay Crowder, Mikel Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson. I, you, I mean, on the Nuggets side, you got MPJ, but who else is really going to give you... He play like garbage the other and, day. Millsap, and Mike Aaron, Michael Gordon. Green, Aaron Gordon. I just don't like... Comparing those two is just night and day. I'm taking the Suns every single time. And the, and the Suns are just... Over MPJ? And I'm just saying... I think MPJ and Eric Gordon could put... You know, it's, Fair it's enough. close. Fair MPJ enough. should be playing Aaron, better. Yeah, he should. He's averaging 13 right now, shooting 34% from the field. He's clearly the most talented out of all the wings we just said. Offensively, it's not close. I'm taking MPJ. Just for what they're what they're supposed to do in their roles, Mikel Bridges defend, is a yeah. defender, first and foremost. Jay Crowder is a three-point shooter, but he, he, he's definitely a def- more of a defender in my eyes than he is an offensive player. And, and if all you're supposed to do is play defense on MPJ, Aaron Gordon, and you don't really – all you have to worry about is sitting in a quarter waiting for your shot, especially when you got Devin Booker, who is lava hot. He can't miss. You got CP3 who's just been perfect with the basketball uh, this series. He had 15 assists, uh, zero turnovers, the first player ever to do it with three franchises in the playoffs. I just think right now they're too hot. They're clicking on all cylinders. I think this series goes no more than five. I think Denver takes one, but I can't see it going further than five. And CP3 is playing like he's healthy. Now we're seeing... He actually said he was getting healthy. He's getting an uh, arm back. And he, now he we're seeing Chris Paul. Us. Now we're seeing Chris Paul, how he really is in the playoffs. He's, he's great in the playoffs. And... We talked about it. Michael Porter Jr., he has to be better. He's shooting 34% from the field and 29% from three. If the Nuggets want any chance to come back, he has to start going off. I don't know, before before the series, we talked about it, how I thought MPJ could match the scoring in Devin Booker in the series. I think for the Nuggets to be successful, Jokic, he's going to be Jokic. But we also need MPJ to be MPJ. He needs to do his thing. He needs to do what he was doing when Jamal Murray went down, and that's averaging close to 25 points per game on some pretty good efficiency. But the problem with him is that he takes a lot of contested shots. Oh, he's ridiculous. And he, the thing about him is that he's 6'10". He can shoot over anybody, mm-hmm. so he can make those shots. But when he doesn't make them, you say that's a bad shot. That's I, a really bad shot. I think with him, it's like he keeps taking the same shot. You know, like when people – all right, so like you know how great scorers are. When they can't get it going, they kind of find another way to get it, whether it be going to the cup – taking a mid-range jump shot when their three isn't falling. MPJ is the type of guy who he'll keep shooting the same shot over and over again and won't take it to the rack or get to the line, maybe to get more comfortable. And it's weird because it's like, yeah, you're 6'10", but at the same time, bro, you're, you know, you're not Kevin Durant. You're not there yet. So, like, get to the line, you know, break that slump, you know, mm-hmm. get to the free throw line, take a mid-range jump shot. Do all these things because it's like that will help you open up your game a lot more. Like he has like a Jordan Clarkson trigger and it's it's hindering the offensive because when he's not hitting, it's like he just keeps taking shot after shot after shot. Yeah, and I feel you there. Jordan Clarkson, his role is, listen, I get the ball. I could shoot it. I could do whatever I want there. Of course, when you got Donovan Mitchell being the primary ball handler and then you look at a MPJ where oh, I need to do a little bit more with the basketball. I need to be more aggressive. I need to be more assertive. And he's not doing that and it shows. Oh, yeah, I agree. I had to stand up real quick and turn the camera on because it wasn't recording. <laughs> but but now I'm back. to So to talk about it, the, the question was that can the Nuggets come back from 0-2? We basically just mentioned that you don't think they can or did you say yes or no? 
What did I say? I said it's not over. That's what I yeah, said. Yeah, you did say it's not I don't, over. You think it's over in five? I think five is the most it could go. I think Denver can definitely win two at home. I, don't, I wouldn't put my money on it. I think they definitely 100% get one. Two is I'm pushing it, but I think they can do it because I think, you know, Denver's crowd, you know, Denver plays well at home. And I think being that Phoenix kind of just punched them in their mouth, I think they're going to come out with more grit. They're going to come out hungry, and Mike Malone has been calling them out in back-to-back games, so I think they're hungrier, they're gritty, and they're going to come out with a little bit more force in Denver. So I think they can definitely steal, too. The only three players that have been good for Denver are Jokic, Millsap, and Gordon. Everybody else has been pretty awful. Like Everybody, Composite, Rivers, Morris, MPJ. But then we look at Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix is, they're a great team. They're They're a great team. Aiton. Paul, Bridges, and Booker have all been averaging 15-plus points per game. Crowder, Payne, and Craig have been good. I mean, Cameron Payne, coming off the bench, is outplaying Composite, Rivers, and Morris. Yeah, He's been really excellent for them, and they're shooting 43% from the three as a team. You can't lose when you're shooting 43%. And you mentioned that Chris Paul is the first player with 15 points, 15 assists I think he did in a playoff game since Chris 12? Paul in 2014. Yeah. Zero, zero what turnovers. was the first one, in 08? Yes, and he was the first player to do it since Chris Paul in 08, so he has all three times. Shout out to the point guard. That's sick. That's sick. But I, I've been looking on Twitter that uh, this comparison of the Suns team, they compared the Suns team to the 2018 Houston Rockets. Chris Paul is Chris Paul, obviously. Devin Booker is not James Harden, but he's, he's still an elite scorer. Mikel Bridges, I think, is a better version of Trevor Ariza. Yep. Uh, Jay Crowder versus P.J. Tucker, who are you taking? Because I posted a TikTok on this subject, and I said Jay Crowder is better than Tucker. And a lot of people people commented and said, no, Tucker is better than Crowder. So who are you taking, this version of Jay Crowder or 2018 P.J. Tucker? I'm taking 2018 P.J. Tucker. I feel like I'm taking 2018 P.J. Tucker, too, just because he was such a— Defensive like, dog. Yeah, he I was unbelievable on defense. And he was like he, he is an amazing three uh, corner three-point shooter. But as the years have gone on, he has gotten significantly worse, unfortunately. But if we're talking strictly 2018, I think I have to lean 2018 PJ. I and think, the, and I think, sorry to cut you off, but I think DeAndre Ayton is a better version of Clint Capella. Oh, by far, he could he could score the basketball more efficiently for sure. I think these teams remind me more of the of like in terms of like fun, exciting to watch, and you know, like high powered offense. I think these teams remind me more of the Kings than anything. With Mike Bibby, Chris Webber, Paige Ostad, Djokovic. I think in terms of like fun, flow, free spiriting, yeah. and teams that are just like underdogs, but they were one of the best teams in the league, but you still felt like they were an underdog. I think that's those are the teams that the Suns remind me of. Like those teams that gave the Lakers fits. They should have beat the Lakers, but those young Kings teams, I think Phoenix definitely reminds me of them more. Yeah, that's true. I think Phoenix play style is not similar to 2018 Houston, yeah. no. but I think their personnel is... And Chris Paul, after he left Houston, there were multiple reports that he was he used to get into arguments with Mike D'Antoni and James Harden about the lack of ball movement. But now in Phoenix, him being close with Monty Williams, he's able to give his input on what he wants the offense to be. And Phoenix is one of the best teams at moving the ball in the entire league. And I mean, the, everybody touches the, the ball. The fact that Devin Booker even took the back seat to that as a leader, you know, being the fact that this has been his team, he's been their leading scorer, taking the back seat and deciding, listen, I'm, we're going to follow you. You're going to be the leader, and we're going to flow with whatever offense you want to run. We're going to run it through you, and I think that's been impressive too. Because when everybody buys in, you see the result for sure. 
For sure. You're looking like the Nets when Kyrie realized, you know, I'm a shooting guard. Uh, James Harden is the point guard of the squad. I'm just I'm out here to score. Yeah, that's it. They just they merge so easily together. Same thing in, in Phoenix. CP3 knows that he's the the leader of that offense, but Booker also knows that he needs to be the best scorer on that team for them to be successful, and that's what's happening. I'm with you though. I think this series ends in five. I think Phoenix is just a way better team than Denver. I can't see Denver winning more than one game. I'll give them one game because of the Joker. Yep. But they can easily get swept because I think Phoenix is really turning up the tempo on yeah. Denver. But just to Has force... Phoenix ever made a WCF? Yes. They yeah, yes. they have with Steve, Steve Nash. Nash and Mari Sotomayor. But just to foreshadow a little bit, do you think Phoenix can beat Utah or L.A.? You know what's crazy? I, I, I truly want the Utah versus Phoenix matchup because I really I want Donovan to go on stage and outdo Booker so I can finally have that under my belt. But I think Phoenix can go either way. They can go small with the Clippers or they can go big with Utah. You know, I think Aiden emerging as what he is, becoming that force down low has been great for them. I didn't expect it. I don't think nobody really did. And he's been showing out, you know, out, out let's be realistic, out dueling AD for a portion of the first round. Don't hate, just stop. And then doing what he's doing right now, holding his own against the Joker, I think that's been phenomenal. I think he'll do his thing against Rudy Gobert. And then if they want to go small with Crowder, Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson versus the Clippers, who the Clippers, I think, are just going to commit to straight small ball from now on. I think they can match up with either team. I think if we want to talk about comparing rosters, Utah and Phoenix are pretty similar, in my opinion. I One thing I will say, Mike Conley's not really the CP3 type ball handler where he's looking for straight assists because this man, Mike Conley, could shoot the lights out. Um, but then you got Donovan Mitchell, same thing with Devin Booker. They're really primary uh, 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 scorer, excuse me. Uh, and then you have DeAndre Ayton and Rudy Gobert. That's that's a really good matchup because it is Ayton's really strong offensively, pretty pretty good defensively. He's shown in the in these playoffs. But Rudy Gobert is by far and away the best defensive center in the league, and that interior presence that he has is unmatched. So I mean, you got Joe Ingles, you got uh, uh, I'm blanking Clarkson, uh, uh, It's and it's just such a good Classic matchup with you got battle. Jay Crowder, you got Mikel Bridges, you got Cam Johnson. That's what I mean. Something like that, like. These two rosters are so comparable to one another that that Western Conference Finals would be a movie. I feel like well, right now, from what I've seen, I'm not going to count the Clippers out because I counted the Clippers out uh, against the Mavs early on, and they ended up clutching up. Kawhi had an all-time Game 5, Game 6, Game 7. He was amazing. So I'm not going to count them Kawhi out. Jordan. But say them, Kawhi, Kawhi Jordan. Jordan. You're unbelievable. <laughs> um, but I think Phoenix has the talent. I feel like their biggest comp right now would be Utah. Again, not counting out the Clippers, but I think Phoenix could do it. I feel like how hot they are right now, the teams that they've beat are they're going to it's going to lead them to have more confidence going into that series thinking, "You know what? We we were the 2 seed. We won over 50 games this year. We could we could be anyone." So, I feel like that's why I would lean Phoenix right now, but it's going to be a great great Western Conference playoffs. What about you? I don't know. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't make a prediction, but that would be a great series to watch because sure. the personnel is very similar. I don't know, man. I, I don't like predicting. Too no, much. I, do you think Phoenix matches up? Yeah. You no, know, they, they, they match up with the Clippers very well. Um, even though I would just trust the Clippers in clutch situations more because we've seen that when their backs are against the wall. They go to their ultimate game plan, which is give the ball put, to Kawhi. Not even that. Put Kawhi on the best player, and Kawhi was on Luca. He did a good job on him. Kawhi on Booker, 
He can take him out. Okay. He can take him out. You think so? Booker? Yes. I think because of the lack of, like, he's not, like like we said uh, last week, he's not a playmaker like Luka. Like, he isn't that. I Luka was hurt, too, which is something that pe- yeah, they didn't give him. game. That's he had 40 the game he was hurt. The game before that. He was hurt the game That's before that. That's straight adrenaline. 40. That's something crazy. I'm not crazy. hearing that. I'm just saying that I think uh, people often get confused with Kawhi because in the regular season and even early in playoff series, he doesn't play defense as hard as he should all the time to conserve his energy. So people kind of lose sight of how great he is defensively. But then when you see him actually lock in and say, okay, now we got to win this series. Ridiculous. Then we see, oh, this is a different Kawhi. This is why you don't count this guy out. <laughs> see, but what happened last season? What happened last season? He didn't season? lock in. He didn't lock in. And when you needed him most in that fourth quarter, he choked. And it was early, hard to lock early, in the bubble. Early... You're not, you're not going to do that. Hold on. Okay. Okay. You're not going to use okay. that bubble because okay. he just did it against okay. Luka in them. Yeah, but, so he, that, but early on in that series, it wasn't looking like, oh, snap. And then Kawhi said, all right, it, robot I mode. I won't disrespect yeah. him or discredit him. He definitely go, he went robot mode and he tweaked the last few games of the season. But I can't lock in and say that that's a firm fact, that they could just flip that switch and they just put Kawhi on the best player offensively and him, him just go to work I offensively mean, I've too. I've seen – well. You know, granted, I watch a lot of... Without, excuse me, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Without Paul George, who has been playing atrociously, what what noise can they make? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did he do What did he do against Utah? Paul George had one bad he had game. He had one bad What did he do against Utah? No, he played... He and against, the, granted, he and against the Mavs, I would say a firm three out of the seven games he did not play well. Wow. That's ridiculous. Um, That's not that foul to say. Three out of the I seven. I thought Paul George played well in every game. I think what you're looking... I think... All right, two things. I think, one, granted, he doesn't play well in Utah. That's just been a known fact. fact. He doesn't play well in fact. Utah. And number two, I think what people confuse somebody playing bad is that they just had a bad offensive night. Where, or a bad fourth quarter, in my yeah, opinion. Where he, you could it, cook all night. Yeah. Fourth quarter when we need you most, you yeah, don't and come I think through. with Paul George in the Mavericks series, you know, he was... Their best big man for a portion of the time. He lucked up and got a couple clutch shots in the fourth. He's played good defense. He was a great playmaker for them in the clutch when they needed him to be. So I think when people say he played bad, I mean, if you're looking at it from just a scoring standpoint, he might have played bad. But I think in all around totality of the game, he played good. Okay. So, you know, like he impacts the game. He was their center at a point when they had to go small. So he impacts the game a lot. It's just like, you know, the first game in Utah – he didn't look up, but like Joel said, we've seen they're, they're, Kawhi is like used as a last minute result. Like they use Paul George at first, Batum at first, Morris at first. And when those three guys are stopped, Kawhi is used at a last minute time when you really need him. And you see, like, even him, he turns on a different switch, scoring. And like, he really shows you that he's the best two way player in the league when he needs to be. So, like, Phoenix being what they are and Devin Booker being what he is, it's going to be tough, but I think. Like, matchup-wise, you know, they have the two guys that can guard Chris Paul and Devil Booker. It's just going to be tough. It's like you look at... Um, go ahead, bro. Go oh, ahead. you go, you go, you go. Because I was looking at... To, to make sure I wasn't going crazy about Paul George against the Mavs. In 38 minutes, 15 points. In 24 minutes, 15 points. 24 points, 28 points, 26 points. That's pretty good. I'm not going to disrespect. That's a really solid stat line. But it's like... You, 15 points as the number two. Again, that's not going to cut it. Especially against a red-hot yeah. Phoenix team. And Utah, who's been the best he, team in no, basketball. I agree. He has Where? to definitely step up this series. They, Off, they offensively, really need yeah. they need him. A trending topic on Twitter was <laughs> Rudy Twitter. Gobert because he won his third defensive player of the year, and he won it over Draymond Green and Ben Simmons. 
So my question to you guys is, did Rudy Gobert deserve the Defensive Player of the Year award? I'll start with you, Riff. Um, yeah, I think he did. You know, I think, like, you know, I was under the impression only Draymond Green, maybe Bam, you could debate it, but only Draymond Green was the only guy who you can debate. Where's Ben? I'll get to that in a minute. Can wow. I go? All okay. right, I'm sorry. I think only Draymond Green was the only guy you can uh, really debate it because when Draymond Green got back early in the season, their defense became a top five defense in the NBA. And then throughout the course of the season, they ended up being a top 10 defense. You could see with Draymond, his instincts, you know, he can stop a three-man weave. He can stop a two-on-one fast break. Like He's just a different force. But with Rudy Gobert, I think he deserved it because his impact in the paint, his impact in altering shots, blocking shots, even his pick and roll defense isn't bad. People like to see stars cook them, but stars get stars. It's an offensive lead. Stars cook up regardless. But I think Rudy Gobert's impact on the defense even shows sometimes on the offensive end where they can get an easy bucket or they can get a bucket because of the fact that Rudy Gobert is locking down the defensive end. So sometimes he even plays D for his guys on the perimeter, helping them when they get beat because he's just that good. So I think. People, they hate Rudy Gobert because people like Shaq like to diss on Rudy Gobert. People don't like how he plays because he's not a scorer. But I think Rudy Gobert definitely 100% deserved it. And this is his third one winning it, so shout out to him. Yeah, no doubt I think he deserves it. I feel like as of right now, he's locked and loaded the best defensive big in the league. The only one that rivals him is Anthony Davis when he's healthy. Uh, he had yep. he had the best defensive rating in this league by far. I think it was 109, 100.5, which is crazy. Uh, he averaged 13 boards a game, almost three blocks a game. Um, he led. He he helped lead this Utah uh, Jazz team to the one seed. I just feel like all the th- everything clicked for him to win this award. I I I can't discredit every the, all the things that he's done. Like you mentioned, he's not as bad as everyone says that he is on the pick and roll, especially when you're that big. It's hard to to pick up on a guard driving at you full speed. I mean, he does the best that he can, I and mean, he's been pretty efficient clearly with the defensive rating that he has. So. Yeah, I'm going to lean that he earned this one for sure. I think we're in a weird time in uh, the NBA world and the Twitterverse where we're expecting big men to have guard skills. And I think it's such a ridiculous thing. For real. And I'm just going to say this. Rita Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year. Fourth player in NBA history to do it. On Twitter, all I was seeing is that, oh, what does Rudy Gobert have on the NBA that he's winning it for the third time? Oh, how did he win it, win it over Ben or Adebayo? I even seen some people say, oh, Bam is DPOY because he's versatile and he could defend on the perimeter and he can rim protect as well. For one, Ben Simmons, let's get into that. He's not a good rim protector at all. In fact, I don't want him there even grabbing a rebound. Respect. You know? Respect. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's res- no oh, but Ben Simmons is not a good rim protector, and I think he's an overrated perimeter defender. He is a great perimeter defender, no doubt about it, but people think he's some shut-down Kawhi Leonard type of guy, which he's not. On he's the perimeter? Not. He is not. He is not. I'll let you finish. Draymond Green, he has the strongest case because the Warriors were a top-10 defense this past year, and I think it was because of Draymond. No, it was legit I think, of Dr- I think sure. Draymond is a top five defender of all time, so that's not knocking Draymond. But you got to look at everything else of it. The Utah Jazz were the first seed in the NBA. They had one of the best defenses in the NBA because of Rudy Gobert. Golden State did not make the playoffs. And he's the fourth player to win D- three DPOYs since Dwight Howard, Ben Wallace, and Dikemi Mutombo. 
Rudy Gobert is an all-time great defender. No doubt. Like, there's no doubt about it. And you can see it, by the way, how, how teams attack the Jazz when Rudy Gobert's off the court versus when he's on. Players second second guess when they're driving into the lane because they see Rudy Gobert, who's seven one seven two and has a gigantic wingspan. And I was looking at some charts. There's a chart on expected versus actual field goal percentage, which is basically based on the shot and the per- based on the shot. There's an average percentage that players Where'd hit. Where you get that from? Um, I just was reading articles. Okay. Yeah, there's a based on the shot. There's an average field goal percentage that is hit, and for Rudy Gobert. He since since 2017 he's allowed the lowest. Yeah. So this guy has been the best defender in the NBA in terms of that, and in terms of defensive points saved since 2018, Gobert is the highest. And I th- something that other people mentioned is that Ben Simmons he said earlier in the season he should be DPOY because Gobert is DPOY, but I scored 42 on him. That's not true. Because he only attempted seven shots when Gobert was guarding him, and he was three for seven and had nine points. So it's not like he was really, mm. you know, cooking Gobert. He had he had nine points on him. Let's give that a rest. And even though Gobert won DPOY, he was quoted saying this, I want to win a championship. When I got drafted by the Jazz eight years ago, I told myself I wanted to do anything I could to help this franchise win his first championship. And that's after they asked him, how he was feeling after he won his third DPOY. So I think the disrespect that this guy is getting is uncalled for, especially on Twitter. Everybody's trying to disrespect and not go bare. I seen a Joel Embiid fan account tweet a bunch of highlights of Embiid just well, Embiid cooking does, go bare. Embiid do be cooking him, but it's he Embiid. Does, you know? and, and the thing about that is so that you can, you can pick any, any all-time great defender, whether it's Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, Scottie, Scottie Pippen. MJ. I mean, how many how many possessions LeBron, do they guard? Kobe. How many possessions have they guarded throughout their careers? You can definitely make a five to ten minute highlight clip of them extreme you, you, getting scored on. You can make a ten minute clip of LeBron getting cooked That's by Melo. Doesn't mean he's not a great defender. Danny Danny uh, Danny Granger made LeBron fall. It's yeah, like it's, anything can happen on any given night. Brandon Jennings. Joe Dumars used to give MJ fits. Like, come on, yeah, like, it's facts. like you know, it, people have their day. I think. Just people don't like Rudy Gobert. You know, I think people are still holding on to that COVID thing that Rudy Gobert did. Mm -hmm. People hate him as a basketball player. They hate the way he plays. And before he got paid, I mean, once he got paid, Shaq went on Inside the NBA and said he didn't deserve the money. Yeah, and said he didn't deserve the money, which is some hate and shit. I don't don't want to go off topic too much, but I do have a question. You mentioned how you think Draymond Green's top five all-time NBA defensive-wise. Is Gobert, does Gobert have the potential to get there? Rim protector wise, yes. Period. Period is difficult because I have guys like Dennis Rodman of has course, to be there. Of course. Draymond Green is there. Hakeem Olajuwon. And Kawhi has to be there. Hakeem Olajuwon was a menace. Jordan? I wouldn't no. say in top five. Okay. A perimeter, yeah. But guards, you... And then you have Ben so Wallace, many, too. It's, it's hard sure. to put a guard in there. That's fair. Know? But I only did. I only said that because he has so many uh, all uh, defensive first If team. we're talking guards, yeah, but... Gobert, I would put top 10, though, probably. Okay. And if we're talking about rim protection alone, he's definitely top five. For sure. If we're talking about rim protection alone, I think he's definitely top five. I think I would lean Draymond right now just because he has the championships, even though he definitely has had the superior squads. But even like a year like this year where the town definitely wasn't on the Warriors side, they showed out. Him and Curry were dynamic for sure. Without without Curry, they're obviously a lottery team. But without Draymond, 
there they might also be a lottery team. They're a lottery team regardless. No, Don't get me sure. wrong. Draymond is a better defender than Rudy. I believe that 100%. Okay. But if we're talking about this season, who should have been DPOI? Yep. It should have been Gobert. I agree. I think what people like like to do is they like to add the versatility in being a better defender. And I think just because you're versatile doesn't mean you're necessarily a better defender than one person. It's just your size and your athletic ability allows you to guard multiple positions. Like Andrew Wiggins is versatile, but he's not a better defender than Rudy Gobert. But he's obviously more versatile because he's 6'8". He can jump, but I, I and think Bam people, as well. You know, yeah, Bam is versatile. Bam is a power forward that's yeah. playing center, yep. which is why he moves so good for his size. But he's what six nine, six ten. I would say he's more six nine. Yeah, and he's not a great rim protector. Same, same he's with Draymond. Good. He's six. He's Kawhi's height, but he can just guard multiple positions because of his height. Rudy Gobert is seven three. It's not many seven three. There isn't. I don't think there is one seven three guy. I think that's he's going seven to two. One of those. There's a seven two guy I know that can go in the perimeter and guard Steph, Dame, uh, all ben, that. Ben is six ten. Ben, ben is a guard, but he's six ten. He's a guard. He's six ten, but he can't. He can guard perimeter players, but he's not a rim protector at all. Okay. He's t- yeah, I've seen Even Giannis though, put him in a blender. It's Giannis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's what you're Tree grown to man. No, him, the like, way that Giannis gets stops is with double teams in the paint. Blake Griffin was locking him up. There's still help on the backside, too, regardless. I mean, that, Giannis that is a great rim protector. Of course. I mean, Giannis was settling for jump shots versus Blake. He Which didn't want no any sense. parts. No, when no he sense. sees Ben, he sees food. Yep. He sees, no, he sees immediate food. But then when he sees Embiid, he gets scared. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Embiid's a big guy, That's bro. What, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think, I think Embiid, you know, he'll do that to anybody. The only guy you can really say that can lock up other centers was Hakeem. Yeah. I mean, Hakeem. and Tim I, Duncan. Tim, okay, Tim Duncan too, but he's not Ben a Wallace. He's a power. Okay, well Ben Wallace. Was okay, yeah. he's locked. I mean Hakeem. Yeah, you literally saw in the finals versus the Knicks that he <laughs> locked up Patrick yeah. Ewing. Like he outplayed him, he outscored him. Gave Shaq. And he's he, one of the few guys that gave Shaq fits. You Ewing shot like thirty something percent from the field in the series in a seven game series, and that's never happened. Did it to Kareem too? Yikes! Hakeem is nah. Oh, Hakeem was different. He definitely was different. Now we're going to talk about Kemba Walker. He wants out of the Boston Celtics. He doesn't want to play for their organization anymore. It was mutual. And I, I've seen I've seen a couple of takes on this. I've seen one person that doesn't have many Twitter followers talk about it, <laughs> or like he didn't have any. He didn't have much retweets or likes on his tweet. But you know how sometimes tweets just pop up on your TL. Yeah, that happened to me, and I saw it. And he was like, "Man, the Celtics are doing it again, treating their players like like uh like crap, basically." And Isaiah Thomas, when he got injured, they just traded him. And now that Kemba has been injured all year and is still, you know, trying to recover, they're just going to trade him as well. But I think it is mutual. I don't, I don't agree with that statement. I just thought it was an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it is mutual. Kemba wants out because he doesn't like how they've been treating him in his time there. And Boston, they don't think Kemba can fit next to Tatum and Brown, and they obviously want to do whatever they can to maximize that tenure. But in this segment, we're going to talk about Kemba Walker potential trade destinations. And I have three. The first one I have is the Indiana Pacers, Kemba for Malcolm Brogdon, or Kemba for Miles Turner. One of those. You want us to give you our opinions on that? Yes. Do they have the cap to go Miles Turner? I mean, I don't know. I'm just, you know, giving up hypotheticals. I think my, I they think, can figure out those situations. I think, I think Miles Turner would be very, very great. I think that's what they should have got earlier in the season a guy who can shoot the three who can be a rim protector they've been Boston has been lacking in a real true big for a very long time and in the east you got Giannis you got Embiid 
you need a guy who can go out there and guard. You know, Tristan Thompson, like I've been saying, was just a Band-Aid. He's not cutting it. Tice was a Band-Aid, too. I think Miles Turner would be great. As for Malcolm Brogdon, you know, getting a guy who's consistently going to give you the same numbers every night and give you what you need, a defender, a guy who can shoot the three ball, he can be a playmaker, he has he doesn't have an ego, he's a team guy. I think that's somebody you need. You know, you need a guy like that. And I don't think Malcolm Kemba is far off from Malcolm Brogdon. I think it's pretty close. And somebody might say Brogdon, another might say Kemba, but I think it's pretty even. So I think if you can get somebody who, you know, who's less of an ego and more fit to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think you can go out and do that. But I, I like that. I like that idea. I feel like Brogdon's game is too comparable to Jalen for me to like that trade, especially when you would need you would need Brogdon to run the point more more than more than probably he was doing in Indiana. Uh, he's doing a lot of it in yeah, Indiana, though. I don't even think he liked it. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like he's more suited to be a, a shooting. Two, yeah. Exactly. When you have Jalen Brown, who's been more than great for for the Celtics. I just don't know if I like that fit. I also don't know if if I'm the Pacers, I'm willing to give up Brogdon or Turner for Kemba. I feel like that's a downgrade either way. I know Kemba, when he's healthy and 100%, he's shown in the past that he can be great. But when he's on a good team, he's shown that he's not been so spectacular at all. Last season with the Celtics, he was he was he went ghost in the playoffs very often. This this season, I, I'll give him, I'll cut him a break. He was definitely hurt a a, a good portion of the season, and, and it definitely showed in his game. But as of right now, Miles Turner led the league in blocks this season. Defensively, he's he's one of the best bigs, one of the more not talked about players in the league. Brogdon, same thing. He can shoot it. He can shoot the lights out of the ball. He's definitely a good ball handler. His vision's very good. Uh, his pick and roll offense, running it with Sabonis, running it with Miles Turner, is very good. I just think right now, if I'm the Celtics, I need to focus on getting a center. And I don't know if I, I'm sure that they could work out a trade for Miles Turner. But if I'm the Pacers, I don't look at that as an upgrade. It's, I know, I know you have Sabonis, and you're thinking, you know what, our interior is going to be okay, especially because Sabonis could do so many things on the court. But then you you lose a shot blocker like Miles Turner, you're going to feel it. I mean, they saw it when when Miles Turner went out earlier this season. They started losing games because they don't have that that defense that that they're so used to. And uh, you look at Sabonis, who definitely is is more better on the offensive side of the ball, could pass the ball similar to Jokic. Uh, obviously, Jokic is definitely better than him, but Sabonis is a poor man's Jokic. Uh, I just feel like Indiana really wouldn't wouldn't benefit from doing that. So no, that's Sabonis is like whatever guy to me. Like I really? have two more teams. Yeah. One of them is the Knicks, and I, I was just looking at uh, articles on Google and searching up um, Kemba Walker trade packages. This one guy had this package for Kemba Walker. I do think the Knicks are a realistic destination, but I think this trade package is kind of disrespectful to Kemba. It's Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, and picks for Kemba. I feel like the picks would be why that trade would get done. I feel like he's been down that bad when he's getting traded for Kevin Knox. He, he has been down Kevin that bad. Knox? Bro, he's been Bro, Kevin Knox. He's been bad. Okay, but Kevin Knox. And Frank Lakina. Kevin play. Knox doesn't even play. When you make one field goal in the playoffs, your team looks at you, at you like you're trash. And the other one is of course Chicago. I, I don't That's I don't have, I have I don't have a trade package, but I just think a big three of Kemba, Levine, Vucevic <laughs> wouldn't be too bad. I think it would be fun to watch. I have a package here. It says Kemba for Kobe. Thomas uh, Sadoransky and Al Farouk Aminu. Get Thomas out of there, man. <laughs> nah, I don't. But what about Kobe? <sighs> I feel like I wouldn't do that. You know, I don't know. I'm not very high on Kobe. Really? I wouldn't mind. I didn't okay. want to draft him. 
I, I was never high on Kobe. I think he's a better for Tony where, Douglas. For what pick you had? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all seen uh, him play on the Knicks? Just, yeah. yeah. yeah bro. I feel like Kobe, they just haven't exposed his athletic ability at all. He doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't. He what doesn't. about the Pelicans? Yeah, I don't Bledsoe know. Bledsoe and Steven Adams. That is another one that I did see. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, no. Honestly, I would just take Steven Adams. I wouldn't even take uh, Bledsoe. I feel like Bledsoe would fit nicely. Defensively, they do. I think that's, I think that's for cap purposes. You got to get another guy. But I think Steven Adams is getting paid pretty good. Like 20. Another package. Kemba's at 36. Oh. Ooh, that is a lot. Uh, another package I have here is Kemba in a first for Christian Wood and Eric Gordon. What the? Yeah, Houston I don't think Houston does that. that. No way. Houston Woods is definitely but part of their plans. I think that if if Houston asked for more first-round picks, this well, is a really good trade for the Celtics. Well, Boston's first-round picks are invaluable because they'll be a playoff team every year. Fair enough. But L.A., same thing. They offered like seven. But you gave them Lonzo, Brandon Ingram. You gave True. them young talent. But what about the want, Clippers? Where would you want Kemba to go to? I want to see him go to Chicago. That's me personally. You make me so mad. If he, if he went to Chicago, I feel like that'd be a good fit. They I'm, should be I'm a sorry, playoff bro. team if Levine is a winning player. You got, you'd got you have Kemba, you'd have Levine and Vucevic. You got a healthy Lori. We have Pat Ka- Kawhi, bro. Like Pat Leonard. He's different. I don't know. Kemba, I mean, Kemba, Le- Kemba Levine, Patrick Williams, if y'all resign Markinen. And you have to you have that's to not that's him. not that's not a bad team. That's a big line. That's a really good team. Wendell Carter, if you can stay healthy too, he's like gone. we were talking about. Yeah, you think so? Well, he's traded. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, yo, I for, I dead forgot he went to Orlando. I dead forgot he went to Orlando. They got your response. They though, got man. Daniel Tice. That's a fact. Yeah. Ah, you're right. Yeah. I don't hate that either. I mean, he was pretty good defensively. Who? Tice. Oh, Tice. Yeah, he's a good backup. Big. I, I forgot that Carter. It's got like, traded. what Kemba am I getting though? Like, what Kemba are we getting? I think you're getting a good Kemba. Because Kemba's injury-prone. He's also injury-prone, too. Kemba out of the spotlight is going to be successful. He gets hurt a lot, too. That's another thing. I feel like this was the first season that we really saw the injuries take a a toll on him. He played seven more games last year. He played 51 in 2019 and 43 this year. So the injuries are there. I don't think Kemba's trash, though. I don't. I I still think he can put up 20 a game. Do you think he's great? What, though? No, he's he's right under it. Is he he a top 15-point guard league? Top 15? I have to say yes. I think yes, I he is. probably name God. If you can name 15, I'll give you like $5. <laughs> like, that'd be insane. I think I could do it. Okay, Trey Young. Okay. Steph. Dame. That's what, three? Three. I got okay. you. Kyrie. Okay. Westbrook. Okay. Even- Shaw. Okay. Shay. Sorry. I don't know Shaw. I'm giving Ja. Shaw. Ja. Uh-huh. Mike Conley. Okay. Kyle Lowry. Okay. Um, Malcolm Brogdon. Is he a it's point guard? Wait, okay. have you mentioned Trey? Yeah, yeah I, I think that was the first name he said. But that was nine. Hey, you have nine. Yeah. yeah, I'm at nine. Um, um, Luca, Chris Paul. Luca? Chris Paul, 10. Luca. Is, are we counting Luca as a one? He's got to be. 11. Um, uh, you you would? I think so. All right, I guess we'll Are you taking Schroeder? I would not. I, I would slap you. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> like, have you yeah. mentioned De'Aaron Fox? Oh, thank you. There 11. You what about Drew Holiday? Oh, my God, 12. Yeah. Keep, just keep Mike going. Conley? I said that already. Yeah, Lonzo? Nah, 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 you're not nah. getting Lonzo. Yo, Have you mentioned don't Dame? Disrespect. Yeah, I said yeah, Dame. Dame. How about D Rose? Is he better? I'm taking no. Kamba. No, okay. How about Kamba. Ben Simmons? 13, Jamal Murray. 14. Jamal Murray. Colin Sexton. He's not a two. He's a two. D Lo? Uh, is, is Sexton, is Just, Sexton a two? Garland's a one. Okay. I is thought D-Lo, Garland is, was the two. No. Is D Lo better than Kemba Walker? And I think D Lo's more of a two. Okay. Kyle Lowry. I said we said right. that already. 
your one-off. John Morant. Said that already. DeJounte Murray. I would take DeJounte. <laughs> and I got to Venmo this man five. <laughs> Venmo. Uh, your- <laughs> look. I'm actually looking at point guards PER. No, bro, keep your file. I was playing, bro. <laughs> I'm actually looking at uh, point guards PER this season. And where one is he ranked? Is, one is Steph, Dame is two, Luka three, Kyrie four. Trey is five, CP3 six, Fox is seven, eight is ho- eight is Holiday, nine is Westbrook, ten is Conley, eleven is Rose and Simmons tied, thirteen wow. is Murray, fourteen is Sexton, fifteen is Brogdon, sixteen is Kemba. So he had a lower PR than Ben Simmons. Yes, and yeah. then right under Kemba is ben just does his job. Right under Kemba's D'Lo, Lamelo, Campaign, Clarkson. I forgot about Lamelo. I'm taking Lamelo over Kemba. Jalen Bronson, John Morant, Dejounte Murray. These Kyle are just Lowry. guards. Yeah, John Wall. These are people under Kemba? Yeah. Ja was under Kemba. In terms of PR, yes. Okay, wow. Damn, you really said that. <laughs> How about you $5? You can name <laughs> he got it. I, what am I going to say? Yeah, nah, he's... I mean, you I know... I think it would still be an upgrade to Chicago, though. Because you guys haven't been good. I mean, if we don't get, give a lot, you know, like we're giving up Saransky, Kobe White, and whoever else you said, okay, fine. Like, I'll, let's... Wing it and hope for the best. Okay. Because we need a point guard next to Zach, a, tr- a real point guard, you know, not somebody who comes up Is and Kemba chuck. a real point guard? He's better than I mean, how Kobe. many real point guards are you going to find right Lonzo. now? Lonzo. Today? Lonzo would be perfect. Um, he would, would be, be perfect. perfect for and us. And his shot this season was the we best somebody it's ever been. to open up Zach. I like Lonzo, but I have to, whoa. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like Lonzo, but I need to see him actually be, be that for a, a team first, because I haven't seen it yet. The, the We're still thing, waiting for it. I mean, is that not an SVG problem, though? I don't know. I really don't know. Because when him and Zion are working that two-man, it works to wonders. That's what I'm saying. It's just unfortunate that he's the number three option on that team. You got Brandon you Ingram. unfortunate. Not, <laughs> he's, supposed, he's supposed to be a two or one? <laughs> well, he's supposed I mean, to be hiding Zion and BG? Well, B.I.? You drafted the number two overall pick. But he was known I mean, to be Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was a but, number but, one option. But Jason Kidd still got buckets, too. That's, Wait, where? Where? No, like, his like you don't remember his NBA comparisons like Jason Kidd? No, yeah, but Jason Kidd, but like, wouldn't you he take was that? number one option. Not in, oh, with VC and RJ? Nah, he was. No. Yeah, he was. VC was the one. teams, Kerry Kittles. Oh, I'm not talking about that team. I'm talking about... But those teams were the most successful. Well, I mean, yeah, but they didn't have another guy. Like, but even, you're going to be Kerry as, Kittles number even one? Even as a number two option on the Mavericks, Kidd, I'm saying. JT was definitely the number two option. Jason Terry. Terry. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying with scores are in front of him, Jay Kidd takes the back seat. Lonzo has to take the back seat. But as a number three option, he still shot over 40% this year from three point percentage. Oh, okay. Shoot me numbers. 40%. That's uh, as as everyone who claims that Lonzo can't shoot at all, shooting over 40 is amazing. I mean, he's got better. His passing is amazing. His defense is amazing. If he just got more opportunities to, to score to him, the basketball, the said, let's relax. I'm talking about both of you. I, I'm just gonna. I'm, I want to wait and see it before because I know. I know. Lonzo, I know. Lonzo's a good player, but I think wait and see. We, it's year four. I think we overrate his impact. Like, oh, if he goes to Chicago, they're gonna change. I'm gonna. I, I don't can't see agree. that. I, I can't don't. Agree. I don't see that. I mean, I just want to let you guys know and the audience listening that. I'm gonna clickbait the hell out of this segment. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna clickbait and be like Andrew. Andrew gives Riv five dollars if he names Kemba, <laughs> if he names fifteen point guards better than Kemba Walker. That's exactly what I'm gonna name. Make it a hundred. People will click it more. It's a hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. People will click it. So now we're gonna go on to the NFL portion of the podcast, Damn. and we're gonna talk about the first thing that happened. And 
Riv right now is going to the bathroom. He hears football. He's yes. like, nah, I'm gone. Yes. He's gone. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Sam Darnold and the comments that he made right now. OTAs are going on in football. And <laughs> Sam Darnold has not been vaccinated yet. And there was a quote that came out. I think a media member asked him if he's been vaccinated. And he answered back with, there's a ton of different things that go into it. I'm going to re I'm going to evaluate that on my own and make the best decision that I feel is the best for myself. And that quote went out on Twitter. Everybody, he was trending for a while. Twitter was making jokes about his model incident saying that, Oh look, this guy doesn't want to get vaccinated. It's not like he was taken out of football for other disease yeah, before for real. they made jokes. And then this guy on Twitter's name is Adam Fromo Fromo. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He tweeted this. I've seen Sam Donald throw back across the field into traffic enough to know that decision making isn't as strong. So, <laughs> so they, no, people they were throw, people him. were throwing jokes at oh, Sam dear. Donald left and right. So I just want to get your opinion on Sam Donald's vaccination comments. How you feel about it? Do you feel like it warranted him getting trended on Twitter and becoming this laughing stock? Well, first and foremost, I'm I'm personally just not a fan of talking politics. And unfortunately, people have turned COVID into a political thing. That being said, I am vaccinated. And to Sam Darnold's defense, you're allowed whatever opinion you want. You, If you want an opinion, if you have a, a, a true feeling in your head, you could listen. He's a he's a grown man. He's allowed to think the way he thinks. That being said, it's people like Sam Darnold that for me personally, I mean, I got the vaccine because I want I want to go back to, to normal society, how we were before COVID ever happened. And me personally, I think that the vaccine is the best way to do that. And with people like uh, Sam Darnold, it's going to be harder to do so, especially because these uh, no, you know, you, we're not we're not we don't have to wear our mask anymore if you have the vaccine. But people take it as, oh, we don't have to wear the mask, period. And the, the people who have not gotten vaccinated are not wearing their mask regardless. Yeah, because so, you can't check that. Exactly. It, I think that it's the honor code, honor system right now. You just say, yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated, and they're, they're going to believe you. But I feel like Sam Darnold, especially as a young kid or a young kid in the NFL. Young age. man. Yeah. <laughs> he's I'm older. No. He's like 24. That's my age. He's, he's, he's right there. I'm 23. He, he's a young, a young buck in the NFL compared to the, his peers. <laughs> come on. Young come buckle. On. He's a young buck. That's a fact. Uh, I feel like you'd be setting a good example, especially when you've already had your woes in the NFL, to come out and say something like this when you know that it's a hot topic and you're going to get backlash regardless. I just feel like it, he would have been better off saying nothing in this situation. But again, he's entitled to his opinion. I'm not a hater on anything that he says, but me personally, go get vaccinated. I was I was uh, waiting to talk about this topic because I was talking, talking about it with my dad uh, yesterday and when I saw Donald get trending, I was like, oh, man, what is he trending for now? Because he's been trending for a while and, and different situations. When mono happened, seeing ghosts happened. I mean, this guy <laughs> has been through a lot of adversity oh, in yeah. his ghosts very young career, which is why I don't think he'll revive it. But this is what I want to say about Sam Donald not getting vaccinated. Just to start it off, I am vaccinated. I got my first dose. My second dose is coming up in a little bit. But... Like I have no problem with Sam Donald saying that he's not going to get the vaccine. And it's not even that he didn't say he wasn't going to get it. He said he's going to make the best decision yep. for himself. It's not like he went out and said COVID is, is a hoax. A hoax. Like that, yeah. It's not like he MPJ'd it. 
I mean, MPJ yeah. literally said <laughs> that they, they want to do some population control on us. <laughs> he literally, like, MPJ was different. Sam Donald gave a political answer. For sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the best decision for myself. That's not a yes. That's not a no. Yep. That's a, it's my decision. And I feel like people are entitled to their decision. And, of course, the vaccine to this point has been known to be the quickest way to go back to normal in society. But at the same time, let's say if you don't get it, Riff, do I care? I don't because I have it. And the reason why I don't care is because if you're not vaccinated, but I am, I don't really care that you're not vaccinated because I'm protected. Yep. That's like if, you know, you, you, you have a sex and you yo, got, yo, 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 and you got yes, <laughs> I don't care. I don't finish, care. If, finish your talk. Go I don't ahead. care if you're going raw, if I'm wearing a condom, I know I'm protected. I know, I know nothing's coming out. Sounds out. crazy. Yeah. You got to stop. No, you got to stop. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I just think it's Sam Donald's own decision. And if you don't get vaccinated, you face. <laughs> Bro, do you not know what you just said? I know what I just said. I just think with Sam Donald. All right, I'm good. No, no. I just think that with Sam Donald and with anybody that doesn't want to get the vaccine, you face the consequences that you face, which is not going to concerts, not going to sporting events, this other stuff. So it's his personal decision. I don't really care about it. The media is entitled to ask their questions, but I honestly feel like if you're a journalist and you're sports reporting, I don't really think that's a good question to ask. Yeah, I, I think there are more, there are better football for related sure. questions to ask. I that. agree. That's some, that's somebody's medical situation. And like, I, I don't like politics either, but I don't think you should be asking somebody about somebody's medical, but I do think Sam Donald. Oh, since everybody was saying it, I am not vaccinated. So everybody was just throwing that out there. I'm gonna give mine soon though. I just uh, there's a ton, ton of different things that go into it. Don't I have lie. to make the decision. I have to make the best decision. <laughs> <laughs> yo, this guy said I'm gonna make the best decision. He, yo, he, 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 he Sam Darnold. <laughs> yo, he really did. Yeah. Nah, I'm gonna uh, eventually get it though. I just gotta work on that, but yeah, no, nah, I don't think you know. I don't think this is a bad comment. I think Sam Donald just kept it a hundred, kept it honest. He I really did keep it hundred. The media is crazy, bro. Like there, I don't see why him not being vaccinated is such a big problem. It's something that we need to bulk up and build. I think he was just an easy target because he answered the question. I, I really don't see a bad part to it, honestly. Yeah, he was trending on Twitter. People were making jokes about him. But what's the joke right? though? Like. Oh, the joke, because I think there's... Yeah, you were in the bathroom when he was reading it. There's a running joke of uh, basically... I mean, not just with Darnold, but people that don't get the vaccine in general. Yeah, that's in general. Like, what's the joke? The joke is that... you're joking on me. The joke is that that you're a sheep, basically. You know, if you don't don't want to get a vaccine, you're basically a person that doesn't trust in science and is like a conspiracy theorist. Because, not going to lie... That's a fact. People that don't... people think. People that don't think... people that haven't got their flu shots and go to school still. Yeah, it's true. You don't have to get a flu shot. That's like that's I'm just every, saying, though. Yeah. Like, there's people that do. You gonna call them a sheep? But it's like when you're younger, you get your tetanus shots and stuff like that. There are parents though that don't let Correct. their kids get vaccinated Correct. at all because of religious purposes and yeah. other purposes. But that's why you know I think people that believe in science and stuff are like on this end, and people that are religious and believe in their old beliefs are on this end, and it's always gonna clash. People are always gonna have their own. What about the opinions. people in the middle? Like you just like yeah. That's I mean, Sam Darnold, yeah. apparently. Because, I mean, there, there's conspiracy theories that... New favorite player? There's conspiracy theories that the vaccine is... This I've heard these two. I've heard, ridiculous. I've heard these two. I've heard that the, the vaccine is, is the chip. <laughs> if you get the vaccine, it's going to be like a chip in your arm. And the other one is that if you get the vaccine, it's like 
going to be population Where control and they're the, trying to kill people. Where is coming from, yo? I mean, it's coming from, in my opinion, it's coming from a lot of religious Well, let me stuff. ask you guys because I don't, I'm not really too like, you know, you, I know how I move. I just kind of like go with the flow of life and just focus on the now and you know mm-hmm. what I got going on. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, what, um, this vaccine, what, um, you, you took it. How did you feel the first time you took it? I felt normal. Honestly, I don't mind getting vaccines. I'm a warrior. No, no, I'm not actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like, because for my mom and like for my one of my friends, like it made them like real, like they were like. My arm, oh, my arm hurt. My arm oh, hurt. Okay. But I've heard that the first shot you get is not bad. But the second one you actually, my brother got the second shot right. and he got the flu from it. Oh, but is that like a way of it fighting it? Like, it makes yes, you get it's it your then... body fighting against it. I mean, all vaccines contain a little bit of the virus in the vaccine right. to make your body fight it so it Correct. can be better fighting it against the real thing. So you I know? should get the vaccine. You know, it's like playing Call of Duty and then going into war. You play that to get prepared. I went to the gym 24 and they literally asked me, are you vaccinated? I was like, yeah. It's like, it's because they don't want, if, if you don't want to wear a mask, you have to say. Yeah, I, I capped. Word, word. I'm in I the understand. gym. I don't want to wear the mask. Yeah, I'm, it's hot. I, I get it. I'm, I get I'm, it. I'm pumping yeah. and clanging and banging. And I don't want you get a better workout if you wear the mask. There workout. were emails that came out from Dr. Fauci. I think his email was hacked or some something like that. That actually said that masks aren't really much of a defense. Well, thanks you for telling me that. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, it helps, but something I'll say about the vaccine, too, because I got the vaccine. I got covid before getting the vaccine. So my first shot, I think I felt worse than I did my second shot. Uh, They say that if you had covid that first shot, you feel it more Mm -hmm. Uh, for some reason. I don't know the the details off the top of my head. But then the second shot is more like how normal people's or who people who haven't gotten covid react to the to the to the first shot. Oh, okay. Yes. So. So when I got it, my first shot, I felt I felt crazy. My arm hurt for days. Uh, I got chills when I was going to sleep. But that was it. I didn't get any fever, no nothing like that. I mean, if you decide to get it, bro, you should be fine. That second shot, like he said, though, especially if you didn't have COVID, you're going to feel it, but you should be okay. Yeah, we're not right. scientists. We're, we're, not, we're not scientists by any stretch <laughs> Make your own means. decision at home. No, yeah, for listen. sure. There's a ton of different things that go into it. Death. Like you said, I'm going to make the best decision for me and my family. I'm gonna reevaluate it. Yeah, I'm gonna reevaluate it. Man, Sam Donald gave a gave a after game after that was a losing by twenty answers. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna go back home, watch the film, reevaluate what happened, (laughs) (laughs) reevaluate, just practice. That was definitely he got blown out by like 35 in a playoff game, and it's like, nah, I gotta go home and reevaluate what just happened. Like that was one of those like, (laughs) they go home, home, eat good dinner, look at a movie. Yeah, like I gotta go. I just think he should have known better, especially with how much he's been scrutinize his entire career he should have said next question that's exactly right donald uh, no offense and this is offense donald doesn't look like the smartest dude in the world Mm -hmm. he looks like a nice guy i mean just just looking just i mean because i think part of this is some people just don't have ability speaking in public but in his media pressers he's one of those guys that's like uh 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 uh, <laughs> like after every sentence, so I mean, he doesn't look the brightest dude. I'm glad that we got Zach Wilson. That's what I'm happy about. Yeah. I'm just glad he's not my quarterback, so yeah. I don't have to face with this. I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> He'd have been so mad. Yeah. Now on to the next topic. We're going to talk about another young quarterback, Jordan Love. And the question is, actually, I'm not going to ask a question yet. I'm just going to give you a summary of what's been going on. Mm, so a couple of days ago. Jordan Love was in OTAs because, you know, Rodgers hadn't showed up, showed up, so he's getting valuable reps. Rob Domovsky, a Packers beat reporter, tweeted this. 
Jordan Love's first crack at a two-minute drill that we've seen barely gets past the midfield and ends with him skying a pass over wide-open Malik Taylor's head on fourth and seven from the plus 44, plus 46. So he didn't have a very good day. But yesterday, he tweeted, what a stretch for Jordan Love. Wheel, right, wheel, wheel route to A.J. Dillon, right sideline for 30 yards, free play deep to Lazard for 45, deep corner route to Jawan Winfrey for 30, deep sideline to Aaron, Aaron Jones for 30. He was so on fire that tight end coach Justin Uten started fanning him. So he had a very great day in OTAs. And my question to you guys is, do you think Jordan Love can be Aaron Rodgers' successor? I will never fan another man. That's number one. Let's get that out the way. Um, you know, it's to be Aaron Rodgers' successor, you know, to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, successor, you know, I think we can all agree he's top five most talented quarterbacks ever, probably top five greatest quarterbacks ever in the list is whatever, but he's definitely at the, the first, top. You should have just stuck to the first thing. Yeah, should have, right? Yeah. yeah, so he's he's one of the best to ever do it. To be his successor is going to be tough. You know, that's a lot of a lot of expectations, a lot of a lot of groundwork he has to put in, but I think when they drafted him, they expected him to be this and they believed in him, and I think, you know, Joel told me a lot about this guy. He has a lot of potential. He has a big arm. He was one of the best quarterbacks in his class given the opportunity, so I think to be, I don't know if he's necessarily ready to take that step, but I think he has all the tools to take that step. He has all the talent to take that step. It just has to be up to the front office to get him the weapons to put him in the best place to succeed. And I think with Aaron Jones coming back, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams still going to be there. I think he has the tools right now to, you know, give us an idea of what he's going to look like in a year or two. But I think Aaron Rodgers' success is going to be hard in general for anybody. But I think he's up for the challenge. I think that... Situation-wise, like you said, he's going to be put into a great position to be successful. I mean, not everyone has Devontae Adams as their number one receiver. Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Dylan, who's shown some promise. Um, you got Robert Tanyan, who was very successful last year. But not everyone's going to be Aaron Rodgers succeeding. Uh, uh, what would I say? <laughs> it's him, bro. He's smiling, looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be everyone's uh, success. Uh uh, like Aaron Rodgers did with Brett Favre. That's a once-in-a-generation type thing, or like a Steve Young, uh, Joe Montana. That that hardly ever happens in the NFL. Yep. But from what I've seen, other than what you've told me today about him having a great OTA so far, all the videos, all the clips that I've ever seen of Jordan Love is him being horrible, bad, bad. But then again, <laughs> it's not... It's not I like I've seen him take a snap in the NFL, so I really can't formulate a true opinion. So like, his you know, college tape was horrible. In your no, opinion? no, no, his college tape's fine. I'm talking about in the pros, oh, okay, in the okay. NFL like in solely. Correct. Stuff, like, he oh. hasn't taken a snap yet. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. no, he's talking about in practice. Or, and no, stuff, in like. practice, in in training camp, where you see Roger throwing into the net, perfect, hit, hits the target. You see this man throw it. Hits the ground, doesn't even hit the target, hits the ground, horrible throw. And he's just jogging along like he just did it perfectly fine. Uh, but nevertheless, I can't. like I was trying to say, I can't formulate a true, honest opinion because I've never seen him take a snap in the pros. College to pros, night and day, obviously. That being said, he's going to be put in a really good situation. So, all in all, he's going to have the most pressure especially with Aaron Rodgers basically saying, I'm the team, essentially. You guys are successful because of my ability to lead us and throw perfect passes. If Jordan Love goes in there and he has the same amount of interceptions to touchdowns, 
Aaron Rodgers is going to be laughing when he's in a Denver Broncos uniform holding the Lombardi trophy at the end of the season. <laughs> he's going to be laughing. I see what you did there. Okay. I, see, I definitely see what you did there. <laughs> so all I'm going to say is he better be that guy for Green Bay's sake because instead of drafting a wide receiver, they drafted Jordan Love. And so this guy better be the next big thing. Do I think he could be? I can't say that yet. I don't know. But from what I've seen, he's not looked good. Alrighty then. Uh, I love love, man. Yeah. I love Jordan Love. I think he's gonna be a really good quarterback. I know we we did a topic about this a, a couple of weeks ago, where I said he's trending towards bust territory because from all the reports that have been coming out, Adam Schefter went on Dan Patrick and said he has a long way. Aaron Rodgers holding out and the Packers being desperate to have Rodgers back. I think I may have I may have been misguided because I think they were they're desperate to get Rodgers back because he's a great quarterback. We all know that. People forget that Rodgers didn't play as a full-time starter until his fourth year in the NFL. We got to give Jordan Love time because I think you talk about all the talent he has. He has a size. He's 6'4". He has the arm. I mean, his arm is special. He has a special arm. And he was quoted saying this. A reporter asked him, will you be ready for week one? He said 100%. And he also said this. When asked if he is prepared to be the week one starter, he said, obviously, this is a time where I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that I might not be getting in a normal circumstance. So I'm just going to take it day by day. But yeah, that's what I'm here for. I was drafted to play quarterback, so I'll definitely be ready week one. Cool. I, I love this, you know, because he's saying, look, Aaron, I know you're good, but your time is up. When they drafted you last year, your time is up. And that was my time. Uh-huh. It's my time to shine from Utah State going to Green Bay. I'm going to show the world what's up. I mean, in his, in his sophomore year in, in a college, I believe he had a really great year. It was his sophomore junior year, one of those. But his last season, it was where he declined. But that's because most of the starters on Utah State left. They were not there. So he was playing a lot of hero ball, trying to make everything happen, just trying to win games. But I really do think Jordan Love has all the talent. And now that he's getting these reps without Rodgers in camp, he's getting these valuable reps, I think – this is just making his development that much more. And as long as the Packers have Aaron Jones, they got Devontae Adams. And I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's not a bad receiver either. Alan Lazar could do his thing with Robert Tunyon, and they have a pretty good offensive line. Jordan Love will be in an excellent position to succeed. And I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to put him in a bad position to where he has to do what Aaron Rodgers was doing. I think he's going to put him in a position like, a game manager role, like an Alex Smith role, and groom him, groom him into the offense, and then we'll see we'll see him develop even further once he knows it even more. But I I love Jordan Love coming out of college. When I mean before Herbert Burrow and all these guys had their first season as a rookie, I thought Jordan Love was gonna be the best quarterback in the class because I think he has that much talent. Man, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, to this point, Justin Herbert is looking like the best, but it's not over. And Burrow. It's not over. Yeah, yeah and, Burrow, and Burrow, but it's not over. You know, four to five years from now, we could be like Jordan Love is the best okay. and Herbert is second. It, it could go either way. We never know. I feel like the most, I don't know if you want to say something, but the most comparable person from that draft to this draft, immediately that comes to, to mind is Trey Lance. Mm. Now, would you say Trey Lance, do you have more confidence in Trey Lance or do you have more confidence in Jordan Love? It's, that's really asking if he has more confidence in Kyle Shanahan or Matt LaFleur. Yes, Not necessarily. yes and no. I, Trey Lance because... Because that's... Shanahan. You have more faith in Shanahan. I, I mean, of course I do, but yeah. Trey Lance because 
he's a really dynamic runner. Okay. Jordan Love is not a runner. He can if he needs be, but he's not a runner. Okay. And that's where I think Trey Lance early in his career is going to help him a, lot, a, a little bit more because when a play is not there, he can scramble and get out of harm's way. With Jordan Love, he's athletic. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have that Trey Lance ability. Mm. Trey Lance is a, is a really good runner for a quarterback. He's well, who special. has a better arm, though? Jordan Love. That's, Jordan Love. It's close. Jordan Love. So you said, okay, so. You have to say that, especially if he loves Jordan Love as much as he does. He had, like, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm saying you but have, I'm saying you have with, to say with that. him being that him having that arm, right? And him not being a runner, but he can make the, those those runs. Does he have to be as dynamic as a runner as Trey Lance? He doesn't. Because a lot of quarterbacks aren't and they don't and, need but, to be. And, but Trey Lance has the arm I would on compare, top of the legs. I would compare Love's athleticism to Ryan Tannehill. And you'll take that. Yeah, I'll take yeah, that. He's not, he's not a slow poke. He's not doing Haskins. And in Washington, would you say, is a good comparison? No. No? No. Kirk Cousins had a lot of rushing <laughs> touchdowns no. in Washington. Yeah, I just never really viewed Cousins as a runner, though. I mean, as he's gotten older, for sure, I agree. But or as when very he... athletic. Really? Yeah. I've I seen Ryan that. T break off some runs. Yeah, Ryan I... Tannehill used to play wide receiver. But really? Kirk, he was catching balls. Wow. Hey, yo. <laughs> now, but Tannehill used to play wide receiver in college, so he was oh, good. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How tall is Tannehill? Six... Four? He must have been that good at wide receiver. Probably if he switched quarter yeah. to quarterback, probably, <laughs> he probably wasn't. Was terrible. Actually, I could actually look up his stats, but I don't even want to do that right now. <laughs> I'm not even like that worried about his A&M stats for that. What are you searching up right now, Drew? Kirk Cousins rushing <laughs> TDs. Kirk <laughs> Cousins has 16. Tannehill, 17. For, you're talking about for career. one year. Career. All right. Oh, rushing career. touchdowns. I mean, ah! That's what I'm saying. Kirk Cousins definitely a little bit more He's played more seasons. Yeah, I think a, they played around the same. Who's who's has the longest who's, rush? Who's streak? started more games? That has to be Kirk Cousins. I can tell you right now. And by how many more? Let's see. 116 Tannehill's played. Hasn't Tannehill been hurt for like most of the seasons? Yes, in Miami, yeah. Let's see. So Tannehill's 109. Okay, it's close. It's close. Oh, it's close. Yeah, I mean, it is close. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't see much Kirk Cousins in Washington at that time. So Fair enough. I'm he not going to. 4,900 4, yards in Washington. No, nah, he was really good. He was really good. Don't get me wrong. And he fell off that following yeah. season, though. And but, talking about Kirk Cousins, that's a perfect segue to our next topic. <laughs> We're going to talk real. about Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings because right now we know Kirk is the man in Minnesota. He's going to be their quarterback. But they drafted a new guy in Kellen Mond in the third round with the second pick in the third round, which was originally the Jets pick. But they got that pick with, with the Elijah Vera Tucker trade. And the question is, can Kellen Mond be a franchise quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Kirk Cousins said that when they drafted Kellen Mond, there was communication, good communication within him and the organization about it. And he said Kellen's been picking up the offense quickly, and he's been great. And he also quote said that he's going to be an open book he said you're an open book you're helpful and you're there and make yourself available which is music to every fan base's ears because we know a lot of quarterbacks are not like that i think in this stage of kirk cousins career he's going to be more of an alex smith mentor type of guy and i think kelamon can be the first quarterback that's going to benefit from that and i think he has a lot of talent and kirk cousins also credited rex grossman for his development early in his career but what do you think about it? Do you do you believe in Kellen Mond in the Minnesota Vikings? Well, like you, you look know, like Kellen Mond. Do I really? A little bit. I'll Google it. Let's say yeah. a word. Kellen Mond has braids too. 
Say word. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Kellen Mond. Let's see if I can blow this up. If you're watching it on YouTube, let us know if, if Riv here looks like Kellen Mond. <laughs> wow. That's a good spot on thing. Uh, now it's not loading. Uh, it's, with, it's him with the braids? Yeah. yeah. A and MQB. He low key does look like you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's crazy. Can nah, they can't. Nah, they they can't probably can't. That. But they probably know what Kelamon looks like. But you know, go answer the question, Riv. Can Kelamon be the <clears throat> Vikings' next franchise quarterback? Well, first of all, let me start off by saying you said everything I was going to say in terms of uh, you know Kirk giving the rain, uh, tell him he's going to be an open book. So I think that, like you said, that's impressive. A lot of quarterbacks don't do that, especially when they feel like they're at the top of their game. And they feel like they're at their best. You know, Kirk Cousins having a phenomenal season as an individual for him last year. I think he threw for 4K, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, I believe. Phenomenal year. Yep, he did. With Minnesota being as loaded as it is on offense, Kellen Mond not having to walk in day one like Joe Burrow did or Justin Herbert did or, you know, even Tua for an extent start his career. Or Trevor Lawrence is going to walk in He's not going to have to walk in day one and be a starter like Zach Wilson, have to come in with all those expectations. He can sit, wait, watch the film, study Kirk, study his receivers, you know, go through a coaching change. He can sit there and go through everything. So I think that's going to be great for him in a sense because, you know, quarterbacks who learn for a little bit, we've seen that they've developed a little bit better. You know, guys who walk in, it's tough for them to just to walk in and go in and go play. I think Kirk Cousins being as good as he is, I think this is going to help Kellamon in the situation that he's in. Can he be a franchise quarterback? You know, I didn't watch much of Kellamon in Texas AM, so it's hard to say. But looking like me, I think he can be that franchise quarterback <laughs> for the Minnesota Vikings. I think Minnesota's desperately in need of a franchise quarterback. They haven't had one. I know Kirk is nice, but I don't think he, you know, he kind of came late. I think they never really had that franchise quarterback Teddy drafted. Bridgewater for a little bit was that... I remember Christian Ponder. I remember the Christian Ponder days. That's facts. I did. Yeah, facts. but that was more AP days, just Christian passing. No, that's nice. true. It, Christian Ponder was... He, he was, was good. I don't know. I thought he was bad. Bad is... Bro, his, honestly... Help me out. I'm blanking on... Let's be realistic. His job was to pass... They had to Randall the ball. Cunningham, too, I believe. No. No. Jack... Jackson was it Jackson? Tavares, Tavares. Jackson. Yes. Their jobs was to hand the ball to AP and then hope for the best. So their quarterback history, hurt, they lost that obviously. So the last twenty years of quarterback history is Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater, Christian Ponder, uh, Brett Favre. I remember. I remember that, the Brett Favre. That was a movie. Those, those, those were the days. Was movie. Those were the days. Brett Favre. Uh, that Tavares, was awesome. Tavares, Tavares Jackson, Brad Johnson, Dante Culpepper. And there was one year of this Dante. guy named Gus. Dante Ferrell. was franchise for sure. No, he's for Seattle's yeah. franchise though. Oh no, it, no. They, it was they had Randall Cunningham for one year, but they had Warren Moon. That's okay. That, he was okay. good for them too. Okay. Yeah, so I think you know Rich getting Kellamon is Jimmy. dope for them. I think he can be their franchise quarterback. You know, getting a guy this young, also drafting their number one receiver last year, and Justin Jefferson, who we know is one of the best receivers in the league early at this age. You know. Being that Dalvin Cook is still young, I think they have the potential to be definitely... Kellen Mall has the potential to be great in this situation because it's a great situation. He just has to continue to learn. But I think he can be their franchise quarterback. Their best quarterback in franchise history is Frank Tarkenton. No. Oh. Fran Tarkenton. Really? Is he like that, the 80s? He played in the 70s. Better than Culpepper? Dante. Yeah. No, Frank Tarkenton, no. bro, he was, no, a, he you, was a legend. Dante Culpepper was amazing on the Vikings. Okay, but no, he wasn't like... Bro, oh. him and Randy were disgusting. I mean, throwing it to Randy is like... Yeah. So, Frank Tarkenton, these are his accomplishments. 
MVP, hey. first team All Pro, second team All Pro, nine time Pro Bowler, Offensive Player of the Year, passing yards leader, passing touchdowns leader, oh and his number is retired by the Vikings. Was, number, was number this 10. in like Super Bowl four? No, this was in the seventies. Super Bowl teams. That was I think teams. was that. I don't know. No, because they went. Four. They went to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl four against Kansas City. What year was that? Oh, a minute ago. What's a minute ago, but, bro? Oh, Super in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl four is dumb long ago. The Super Bowl was in the fifth. Four was in. Oh uh, yeah, they did. They did. They did. Yeah. 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 Word. I thought right. so. They wow. lost. They lost. That right. might be the only Super Bowl they. I think they've been to two. Don't quote me. So regardless, they suck. So the energy I had towards Love, I have to have towards Kellerman, especially since he was a later pick in the draft, second round pick. Jordan Love was a top fifteen pick. So no, he was twenty sixth. First round. Love did you say was twenty sixth. Really? Yeah. Oh, I th- my bad. My bad. He was a first rounder. Uh, regardless of that, like I said, with with love, I'm gonna keep the same energy from Mond. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna formulate a strong opinion until I see them have their first nap in the pros. Uh, that being said, similar to Love, he's going into an excellent situation. You get arguably the great the the best, arguably the greatest wide receiver duo in the league in Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, you have arguably arguably the best running back in in football on your team. Uh, personally, I wouldn't say Dalvin's the best, although I love him beyond belief. He's awesome. Uh, they have a revamped O-line. Last year, Kirk ate on an O-line that was subpar, in my opinion. So I feel like with time, this O-line's only going to get better. With time, these receivers are only going to get better. Justin Jefferson is a rookie last season. He's going to his second year. Dalvin Cook's only 25 years old. This team is definitely young. He has the 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 benefits of of learning behind Kirk Cousins, who's had the experience, uh, who's had uh, success in this league. Uh, last year, like he mentioned, uh, he threw 35 touchdowns, which was a career high for him. Uh, threw 13 touchdown, uh, 13 interceptions, actually, which was the most, tied for the most that he's thrown in his career. But 13, I feel like that's not that much. It's not. It's I, th- not. I think he, he ranked eighth. I think when you most, throw as, as many Brady touchdowns, had, yeah, it's cool. Exactly. It's cool. 35, especially when it's your career high. Brady had more interceptions. Russell had more interceptions of notable names. Uh, and this was with a... Uh, Russell was tied. Correct. Uh, but this is an O-line that was mediocre and uh, a situation where he's the second option on that offense. It's, it's, Dal- it's Dalvin Cook and then it's Kirk Cousins passing offense. Uh, so do I think Kellen Mond has a chance to be successful? For sure, because he has the talent around him. Franchise quarterback, I'm not ready to go all in, uh, especially because I haven't seen him uh, take a snap in in pro football. Uh, but it's definitely possible. It's, it's, I'm not counting it out. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is 32. His contract is up next year, which means Kellen Mond has two seasons to develop and to watch how Kirk Cousins prepares week in and week out. What I like about Mond the most is that he was a four-year starter at Texas A&M and when you are experiencing college and you've seen a lot of football, you're more prepared for the pros, in my opinion. And he has a coaching, he has talent, so I think he'll be fine. He got better every single year at AM. He was actually one of the top recruits out of high school, so this guy is very talented. He has a great arm. He has sound mechanics, even though there's this narrative that Kellen Mond doesn't have good mechanics, which I think is ridiculous. I think his mechanics look weird. Doesn't mean it's not good. He does have good mechanics, and... At, at A&M, there wasn't much talent around him, and he was in every single game, mostly at A&M. I mean, he put the team on his back, and they had success with him. And I think Chris Sims was very high on him to this point. Obviously, everything Chris Sims says is not true. 
But to this point, <laughs> his quarterback track record has been Solid. pretty good. And he has mind over Fields, over Lance, over and just behind Mac Jones. But he had him fourth on his quarterback list. And that's some really high praise when you put him over Fields and Lance, both guys who were in the first round and picked with top 15 picks. And right now, Mond hasn't been doing much in OTAs. He's practicing with the threes. So right now, I'm guessing he's a third stringer. And I was looking at this the other day, but most quarterbacks in the draft that were drafted this past year are in good situations. Trey Lance, 49ers. Justin Fields with the Bears. Say what you want about the Bears, but they have a coaching staff that is quarterback-friendly. And uh, Matt Nagy. They also have, I forgot their John Filippo is there as well. And they, they also have this other quarterback coach who is good. I forgot I his name. It's I got you. I got you. And then you look at Mac Jones with the Patriots. I think the two worst situations are Zach Wilson with the Jets, and that's not even that bad, and Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars. But John, most of these guys are in good situations. John Filippo is the QB coach. Okay, he's so a, the their, their OC is the guy then. He's he's an OC that's been known to work with. Bill Lazor. Bill Lazor, yeah. He's been known to work with Bill good quarterbacks in the past. Lazor. Tough name. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're all in good situations, and I could very well see Kellen Mond being a franchise quarterback. I think in this draft, he was the sleeper guy. So I don't think Kyle Trask is going to be much, honestly, in my opinion. He got drafted to the Buccaneers? To the Bucs, yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question. Okay, so where do you, let's say, hypothetically, I'm going to give you 10 years, right, from today, 10 years on. Where do you see Kellen Mond in this draft class? In That's this a tough dra- question. In, in this draft class is tough, but I'll say you had to guess. But I definitely see him being a top twenty quarterback in the league. No, and no, I no, see no, him being no, top no, 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 just amongst just amongst quarterbacks his, his in this coming class. Coming like him, Fields, Trev, Trey Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach, Kyle well, Zach Bum, Wilson will be the best. Okay, right. Zach Wilson will be the best. I think this is a hot take. I don't think Lawrence is going to live up to those expectations. Okay, so I you got it too. I really, I really don't think Lawrence is is that great. I'm gonna just be honest. We got it too. Two, Trey Lance okay. because of four, San Fran. Three okay. is, it's either Mond or Mac Jones. Oh, okay, be so you got Mond. Fields. Fields, I think, is right after that. Really? So you got Mond at three with him or Mac and then Fields. Okay. Yeah. I honestly really think Flor- Lawrence might flop. And what about you, young buck? I don't like his moxie. I'm going to go. <laughs> You're annoying. I'll show respect. I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence one. I'll go... No, screw respect. What do you feel? I'm going Trevor Lawrence one. Okay, so you feel Trevor Lawrence yes. is going to be the best. Okay. Yes, you don't get scouted as the best quarterback ever. His whole life, For right? a reason. <laughs> exactly, for no reason. So I'll go Trev one. I will go Zach Wilson two. I'll go Justin Fields three. It's low-key the order of the draft, unfortunately. I, I like... It's Trevor, it's Zach, it's Trey Lance. I, I might lean Trey Lance over Zach right now just because of the situation. So Trev... Lance, uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. No Mond. Mond is not your no. five. <laughs> okay, okay. You have a green polo horse. It's pretty weird. It's tough. I don't know. I've never seen a green polo horse. So it's original. Now we're going to talk about one of the best teams in the NFL. I think that they're still going to be that, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the, question, Broncos next. the question the is, <laughs> are the Kansas City Chiefs still the team to beat in the AFC there's still the Buffalo Bills. They got better this offseason. The Browns got way better this offseason. Um, also, this other team, I'm forgetting them. It's slipping through my mind. Cleveland, bro. The Bills, the Browns. Ravens. Who else? The Ravens are the still Colts, there. The Titans. The Colts, the Titans. There the are some Patriots, good teams. The Patriots. The Miami Ravens, Dolphins. Loki got worse. You think so? They They're still going to be good. You think so? They're still they got, they got Kevin Zeitler. 
But losing they Orlando, got Kevin Zeitler, Rashad Bateman, they have Lamar Sammy Jackson. Watkins. They have Lamar Jackson. I'm not. I'm not all in on Sammy Watkins. I'm. I'm not all in on Sammy He's Watkins. He's tough. He's cool as an individual on the football field. Sketch. He's tough. He has he was, moments. <laughs> sketch. He's sketch. He definitely is sketch. What's the question? So I'm saying, He's saying are the AFC. Chiefs still the team to beat? Do you have any team over them this upcoming season? The Chiefs have to be the team to beat. They ran the division for. Forget the division. Conference. They read the conference for three straight years. Three back to back two, to back. Two, it was two. three. They went to the AFC Championship three years in and a row. And they lost. And they won the, ne- they won the next two. They, they ran the conference three straight years. Three straight years. They've dominated. They've outperformed. I think last year was, you know, a close year. Buffalo, we saw them make the modest improvement. We saw Cleveland make a jump. I think this offseason, Cleveland improved dramatically in Tennessee, the offseason. that's another one. Tennessee just picked up Julio Jones. It's going to be tough. But with Kansas fixing up their O-line, you know, still having the best quarterback in the league, still having speedster Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, still having the best tight end in the league, that defense is still going to be good. I think the Chiefs have to be the team to be. I think the Bills, they're still a Josh Allen leap away from being better. Baltimore. Think Josh Allen has to take that leap? Yeah, I think he I don't think he I, I think, think he, he has already to, has. I think he has to reach like top five. I don't think he's I think it's debatable for him to be top five. Right. I think he has so to So what reach, do you think he is right now? He's top ten for sure. Yeah. I think he's top five. He's not top five. Wilson, Rogers, Mahomes. Watson, Aaron. Watson, Aaron. Brady. Shut it down real quick. Yeah, early. You should have lost that five dollars again. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I think I think last year he was a top five quarterback. I mean, he played like it. That that's what I'm saying. T- talent wise, no, he's not a top five. Did he play better Off than lessons? Watson or Aaron? What his, about his Brady? team won significantly more? He played better than Brady did he play last year. Better, did he play better than Wilson? Russell Wilson? I say he played better than Russell Wilson. I as a complete I, season. I disagree. As a second half of the season, Russell Wilson was mediocre. I guess, but I I disagree. did he even play? Be- uh, no, 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 no. Listen, let's get back let, to the topic. Okay, though. Chiefs. Okay. They're not the team to beat, in your opinion. What the? What? No, he said they are, they the, are the team to beat. Yeah, they yes. are the team to okay. beat. Okay. If you're a Chiefs fan listening or watching right now, heads up. Drew right here is He's a, a Bronco, Denver yeah. Broncos fan. So here it comes. Here it comes. So this is a this is division rival right here. So are That's, they still the team to beat? That's a rivalry? They've been smacking out for mad long. Listen, we're the better team. Fr- we're the better franchise overall. Oh, okay. Respect oh, right. Us. You are. Yeah, you have, we what, are. Two rings? Three? We have three. Three. Ah, okay. You lost uh, like seven, right? So I'll put my bias aside because I care about my journalistic career. That being said, they are. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are the best team in the AFC. Uh, but prior to the moves that they made this offseason, I was very skeptical of this squad, particularly their offensive line. You cut both your tackles in Schwartz and Fisher. Um, you go and you get an amazing trade package and going to get Orlando Brown for a steal. You, I'd close my eyes and i make that trade, giving up a first-round pick. And I, what else did they give for that? They gave up a second, I believe, too. That, that, pick, that trade was night. Like, I, it couldn't have been easier for the Chiefs to make. You go and you pick up Joe Tooney. Uh, to, I thought his name was Tooney. I think it is Tooney. It's Tooney. It's Tooney? Wow. Okay. It's Tooney. Each is silent, huh? They gave they him a decent amount of money. He'll probably play that left guard position. Uh, but... God forbid something happens to that O-line. I'm sure that with the amount of money that they paid him, that he's more than flexible to play a tackle position also. You go and you bring um, um, Long, Long, help me out, Kyle Long? Kyle Long, yes. Kyle Long comes out of retirement to come play for this Chiefs team. He's rested. We'll see what happens. I'm not having too many expectations for him here. 
That being said, he he w- he had a pretty good career over in Chicago. Uh, who knows if the years off has benefited his body health wise? Maybe he's playing motivated. I mean, you come out of retirement to play for a championship team. Of course, you're motivated. You want to win a championship. But these offensive line moves is what solidifies this team for me. Last year, they were a top 10 defense. They have the best quarterback, unfortunately. They have the best tight end, unfortunately. They have a top five receiver, unfortunately, in Tyreek Hill. They have everything you could want in an offense, truthfully. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes, he can make anything happen with the with the football like, in his hand. I like you're like sad about unfortunately, this. I am sad about Unfortunately it. for I'm you. Sad. I'm, I, listen, I'm being as honest as I can with being truthful to myself. See, look, you're right. And we talk about, let's talk about the offensive line moves. They got Orlando Brown Jr., Kyle Long, who yeah. injured his leg, but is going to be back by week one. It's not a season-ending injury. Austin Blythe, Joe Tooney, re-signed Mike Remmers, who was really good for them last year, yep. and Laurent Duvernay, who was coming back from COVID. Uh, he took the season off last year. But the thing that pops out to me in terms of this offensive line is that Orlando Brown Jr., Austin Blythe, and Joe Tooney are all coming from running offenses. Orlando Brown with the Ravens, Austin Blythe with the Rams, and Joe Tooney with the Patriots. This tells me the Chiefs want to be more balanced on offense. They don't want to be so Patrick Mahomes reliant. They want to give some of the workload to Clyde Edwards Alaire or some of their other running backs. They want to spread the sugar to everybody. And I think that's going to help them long term. And I think that is the way to go. I still think they're going to have one of the best defenses in the league, probably top 10, because Steve Spagnola, I think his scheme is amazing. Is amazing. Their linebackers are the weakness, I think, in that in that group. They did draft Nick Bolton. Willie Gay Jr. last year as a rookie was really good. Anthony Hitchens is average. Their defensive line got better. They signed Jerron Reed, still have Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and Derek Nottie. Chris Jones and their beast. secondary He's is nasty. getting better. I mean, they got Bashar. I mean, not Bashar Breeland. They got Legereus Sneed, who was a really was really good for them last year as Charverius a rookie. Rashad, Rashad Fenton, Charvarius Ward. They also traded for Mike Hughes from Minnesota, who's a very young corner first-round pick. And they have DeAndre Baker on the roster as well, a former first-round pick. And their safeties are good. Tyron Matthew and Ron Thornhill. I mean, this is a loaded Chiefs team. And the team I think that's going to give them the most trouble is Cleveland Mm. because they had an amazing offseason. Their offense was already good, but on defense, they drafted Jeremiah Wusukuromoa. They also uh, signed Anthony Anthony. Walker from the Indianapolis Colts and the cornerbacks. They signed a Troy Hill. They got a John Johnson from the LA Rams. I mean, they have a really good defense now, at least on paper. And I think that's going to be their biggest challenge. But between the Browns and the Chiefs, I would go Chiefs because I think they're just a better team and they have the best quarterback. We still have to see what Baker Mayfield is. In the second half of the year last year, he was great. He was great. But in that first half, he was average. With OBJ coming back, is he going to come back down to earth, Baker Mayfield, or is he going to continue what he was doing? It really depends. It makes no sense how without Odell, Baker is an elite quarterback. With Odell on the field, he's trash. It makes no sense. Odell is by far and away the best offensive weapon they have outside of Nick Chubb, of course, because Nick Chubb is prime time. Odell is sensational Odell's with the beast, football. He's man. insane. When it comes to Baker throwing the football to Odell, they just cannot click. I, it makes no sense to me, truthfully. So, I, like you said, I'm ex- I'm I'm inter- interested to see how that plays out this season. I have the Chiefs winning the AFC with a 15 and two record, or 14 and three. It's one of those, but it's one of those. I'd be very upset with that. Does anybody believe in the Bills to beat the Chiefs? I personally don't. 
I think they're still a one. They're a wide receiver away. I think they're um, a corner away. A, a great really? corner away. Okay. Yeah. So Tre'Davious White is. not he's great. He's great, but oh. they don't have. No, I know Le- what he's saying. They don't oh, have. Two. They don't have Levi Wallace. He's their second best corner, and he's average. Mm-hmm. They need another guy in that secondary and a pass rush. They did draft Gregory Rousseau. We'll see if he's any good. But I, you know, I think they. If they would have went out and got Kyle and secondary, Fuller. I think that would have been very good. Yeah, that for been sure. Very good. Would you take them over the Chiefs if they had gone Kyle Fuller? Of course, it's hypothetical, but mm, it would have been a toss up. I think I still would lean Chiefs just. And because I think they of the have offense. Josh Roman. I'm not sure. So what, yeah, uh, but he's older. So what? Cleveland. So Cleveland or uh, Buffalo? I would honestly go Cleveland. I think Cleveland's more complete, so that's yeah. why I would lean Cleveland. Yeah, and Josh Cleveland Norman has the is best a free agent. Really? Yeah, he's <laughs> not even signed. And Cleveland has the best defensive player. On, out of yeah. the two squads by far. Okay. And I, could, I, could I wouldn't it. say they have the best corner because I think Tredavious White is the better corner. But those, I like Denzel, Denzel Ward. Ward's not that far behind. He's the fa- He might be the fastest corner in the league. He's lock up whenever he's healthy. Whenever he plays, he plays I like Ward. out of his mind. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch the, the Browns next season. Yeah, the Bills have the best quarterback and receiver, though. And Titans, too. After getting Julio, that, that offense could not be more complete. Of course, the only question mark is going to be that defense, especially with last year they ranked 31st in the NFL. Horrible, horrible Jeez. on the defensive side of the ball. But they go and they pick up Bud Dupree. They go and they draft Caleb Farley. Uh, no, not Caleb Farley. Yeah, I'm they sorry. Draft him. Was it Caleb Farley? Yep. Who are you thinking of? Uh, the first cor- uh, cornerback taken in this draft. Didn't I take him? No, he was the number two. Horn. Horn. Oh, JC Horn. That's who Carolina. I was thinking. Yeah. But you're right. K- Caleb Farley did get drafted to him, and and that was kind of a steal. People prior to his uh, his back injury were thinking that Caleb Farley could potentially be the best corner in this draft. You go and you pick him up. Uh, I feel like those were really good additions for that side of the ball. I still think that they need more uh, d- defensive tackles on that to stop the run. That being said, you add Julio to that squad, you just make him more unstoppable on offense. Derrick Henry is going to be Derrick Henry. So you know the passing game is going to be open regardless because you have to respect Derrick Henry's run game. And if you're not going to respect Derrick Henry's run game, he's going to rush for 200 yards on you. So I feel like either way, Tennessee is going to be successful, but it all comes down to their defense. So that's why I feel like there's levels to it. So I'd go Chiefs, Browns, Bills. I feel like Tennessee's right there. I like the FC. It's looking real good this year. What about you you guys? Listen, we're the next, <laughs> we'll next talk, segment. We'll talk, we'll talk next about segment. Next. We'll see. Actually, we'll talk about them now. Let's this do is it. going to be the last segment of the podcast. We're going to finish it off talking about some great quarterbacks and a potential team they could go to. The question is: Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers? Who do you think is more likely to be on the Denver Broncos next season? Deshaun Watson. Just let you guys know, there was a quote that from Kareem Jackson that said that. Deshaun Watson wants to be a Denver Bronco. He was on a he was on the Key to Leaps podcast, and Kareem Jackson, who played with Deshaun Watson in Houston, he even said that Deshaun Watson and him were talking on the phone. And before Kareem Jackson made his decision to go back to Denver, Watson was like, "Let me know if you decide to go back." Once he signed back, Watson told Kareem Jackson, "Tell Denver I want to be a Bronco." He said, "I'm paraphrasing." But that's, oh my god, that's what he said. Ian Rappaport though quote tweeted it. And he said that um, Ian Rapport said that he doesn't know if Denver is where he wants to be. I did see because that he said that he wants to go to multiple places. And I'll just say this: I think that's some hating stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I believe Kareem Jackson telling me that Deshaun Watson told him because I believe they're cooler 
than a reporter they telling the same me team. Than, no than a reporter telling me that that's not the only place he wants to go. Like, yes, nobody said it's the only place he wants to go. But he just told Kareem yeah, he really he wants said, to go to Denver. You just wanted to get in, get it on the fun. You just wanted to get it on the story. How do you and feel put about your that? Spin on it. That was some hating stuff, though. So if we're going mo- mo- most likely or what I want, I, I want to hear both. All right, what I want is Deshaun Watson. You kidding me? I mean, he's got the youth, he's got the arm, he's got the legs, he's got the allegations. That's that's <laughs> that's the only thing that that holds me back. I mean. Holds me back, and it's going to hold the, the Broncos back, especially when we have a squad right now that we're a quarterback away from really making a championship push. One one of these two, oh, one of these two quarterbacks come to our squad. <laughs> yeah, no, we're making I, a championship push. I'm not even lying. Uh, that's true. It, 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 no, it is. No, you bring in. A, that's what. So, like I was saying, what's the allegations? Is what's going to hold the Broncos back because you don't want to take a chance with. God forbid, I'm, you know, I mean, innocent until proven guilty. I don't know the situation. I won't speak on it. You never know what could happen. It could bite them in the butt if if they go and they trade the house for him and then he ends up having to get suspended or he never or he's out indefinitely uh, due to all the things that have happened or are happening off the field with him. However, if, if I'm talking longevity, putting that aside, I feel like Deshaun Watson for how young he is, the contract that he has, although it's a lot of money, you have him for a significant amount of years. We can make multiple championship runs with him on our squad. How young we are as a whole would be unbelievably beautiful. That being said, more likely, I think Aaron Rodgers, it's not unfortunate. It's a win-win either way for me. I can't lose at the thought. I'm getting chills. It would be insane. (laughs) I mean, it could be a lose-lose, and you get neither of them, so. That would be a lose-lose, and then I have Drew Locke, and I have to root for him regardless. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is going to start. You if, think so? Yes. Did you see first day he threw two interceptions? Not Teddy. No, I Locke. Didn't. Oh, Locke. Locke threw two interceptions to Ooh. start. He, he is so unbelievably bad. <laughs> we get Rodgers. We get Watson. Bullbound. But like I said, why I think Rodgers is more likely, he has been open saying, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm returning to the Packers. I saw a Packers reporter say there's a 5% chance that he he. He returns back to to Green Bay, and there's been reports saying that Rodgers would be interested in playing in Denver. Whether those are confirmed or not, I'm not 100% sure because I remember uh, Shefty coming out and saying that he didn't have a valid source or a real source saying that he wanted out of Green Bay in the first place. So I don't know what to believe when it comes to, to Rodgers' situation right now, but there have been from those reports saying that he wants to be in our conf- uh, our division to play against Mahomes two times a year to show that you know what? You guys think Mahomes good? I'll play him two times a year. I'll beat him two times a year, and I'll show you That's that I'm I'm better than him. That's okay. Okay. So this is Aaron. This is Aaron. Aaron Rodgers. Reports. 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 Hey, listen. allegedly. 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 Okay. And I'm letting that. I'm putting that out there firsthand. So yeah. So like I said, what I would like would be Deshaun. Whether you know we we got to see how his off the field issues get resolved first. I I'd like either or. I really can't go wrong here. Either way. We're going to the chip if we get one of these guys. How you doing, sir? You know, I, I think who's more likely? I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And if I were a Broncos fan, I would rather get Aaron Rodgers too. Okay. Obviously, Deshaun Watson has the youth and the long term factor. You have to do. You have to play it into consideration. But I think with his legal situation right now, it's too much of a risk. For sure. Aaron Rodgers still has. We've seen Brady play until he's forty five. I mean. Rodgers still has three, four more years left. But he's the only one ever to do it. Yeah, I understand that. But I think Rodgers still has years left. 
And with him, I do agree they can be a Super Bowl team. I think with either, I think with not with Julak, but with Teddy Bridgewater, I think they are a 500 team, nine and eight. They can finish around there because their roster, you look at Coral and Sutton, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fan, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, Shelby Harris. You still got Philip Lindsay? Unfortunately, no, not. No, they don't. That was such a bad move on our end. And I think they have the best secondary in the NFL in terms close. of depth. You have Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller, Kareem Jackson, and Justin Simmons. Michael Ojemudia also. Very, yeah, I mean, he played have, very well have, last year. They have a great roster, and they Sheesh. legitimately are a quarterback away from being a problem in the NFL. And I would love to see Aaron Rodgers go there. I think it would be a perfect fit. And I think that's the most likely scenario as well. I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers to Denver Broncos. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, with Houston having Deshaun Watson kind of in stranglehold, not trying to trade him, his contract being kind of exorbitant, with all the legal issues, you don't want that in your in your culture. You don't want that having that cloud under your franchise. Sure. So Aaron Rodgers being the obvious favorite, I think that would be the most likely. You know, he stated he doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. Deshaun has stated he also doesn't want to be in Houston. But I think Green Bay is more likely going to trade Aaron than Houston to trade Deshaun. And I also think, like like Joel said, Aaron still has a lot left in the tank. You see, he hasn't digressed. I think he can still play for another two, three years. You guys have a ton of weapons on offense and defense. I think Aaron can be that guy that can, I wouldn't say like automatically Super Bowl, but you definitely jump you guys right up to the top with the Chiefs. It's Aaron Rodgers, bro. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the Chiefs are still alive. Pat Mahomes is still alive. I can't just. All I'll say to that is Peyton Manning, nowhere near as mobile as Aaron Rodgers. Peyton right. Manning comes in, automatically. Super Bowl contenders. Do you remember your, your roster was better than it was now? You know it was. The, Eric Decker, Demarius Thomas, Ju- but Demarius Peyton Emmanuel made Sanders. these guys. But Peyton do you not forget your defense? Chris Harris Jr., oh, like Tlaib, was there too. Vaughn that took, Miller. That took time. That Brandon, took time. Brandon Marshall, Danny Trevithan. Like, do you not forget that defense? The first year that we that Peyton Manning was on the squad, that defense blew the game for us. I remember. Peyton Manning might have thrown the touchdown in, in overtime to put them in position to kick the field goal. But our defense led up two 50-yard touchdowns def- in like two minutes. The year after, I and think then, it was and no, then, and then they. Th- four, I think that was four four years after. So it was Payton's first year, second year Payton throws fifty five. Next year Payton has the neck injury. Uh, we lose to the Colts. The year after that, we won the Super Bowl. We win the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's when we had the all time great defense. But my point being, Payton comes in, he makes Eric Decker a thousand yard receiver easy. He makes Demarius Thomas a top three receiver in the NFL. He makes Julius Thomas a top three tight end at the time. He had Emmanuel too. He made Emmanuel Sanders a top 15 wide oh. receiver. Emmanuel was made before top that. Top 15? Emmanuel was, was made before that. He was that. never top 15. Eric Decker had 1,000 yards with Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Jets. Emmanuel that was, was after. Emmanuel yes, was balling still, that was after. Come on, bro. we got to give these ass credit. There. I'm not. I'm not. I I'm think not, Demarius is the one you could really. All right. But Emmanuel was balling in Pittsburgh. He just ain't. He was he hurt was, a lot. He was okay in Pittsburgh. He definitely had potential in Pittsburgh. But when he came to Denver, he took off. That's where his career really started he in Denver, there. for sure. But you're 100% right. I, I will, in my opinion, Decker had more talent than Demarius prior to Payton getting So wait, there. you think with Aaron, you just outright surpassed the Chiefs? Because you, you, you give a guy like Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, who Corlin Sutton ate with Ripian. He ate with Brad, uh, Brandon Allen. He ate with Joe Flacco, Drew Locke. These are guys that are... I can't even believe that these guys are my my. And they quarterback still have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Corlin Sun, Jerry Judy, 
Noah Font, Alberto, Melvin Gordon with Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Judy, Tyreek Hill, McCole Ju- Hardman. Judy has potential to be one of the best receivers in the league. He's arguably already one of the best route runners in the league. And he, Tyreek is already a top five receiver I'm in not, the league. And I'm not going to discredit that. Wait, I didn't even get your answer, though. Do you, which one is more oh, likely? You, you wasn't listening. Yeah. You were on your phone. You were just being disrespectful yeah, to me. <laughs> <laughs> I said Aaron. Oh, you said Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I, I made a whole monologue about it, said Aaron. You just but, wasn't yeah, listening. Yeah, but once he said that, we weren't be, uh, wouldn't be a Super Bowl contenders. I had to cut him off. No, I didn't say that. I you said, said you don't I see Said, no, no. I said I wouldn't outright just push you guys to the Super Bowl. I said the Chiefs are still alive. But okay. I said I would have All you guys right. in right. that conversation like one of the best teams in the AFC. Fair enough. But to just say, yeah, you're going to the Super Bowl. We'd go to the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes is still Our out. Our defense like, he, is better than the Chiefs. I agree. But their like, offense is like ridiculous. All, they have an offensive so, line so now, would, too. We have an offensive line, too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm saying it would be like pretty even. Like Ranking-wise, it's, it's, it's close. It, it's not good. Meaning the Broncos offensive line, like in terms of the rankings, PFF came out with Correct. the rankings. No, last year our it's, offensive it, yeah. line was mediocre. It's I agree. But we definitely we did our thing. Wait, did you guys replace Jawan James? No. No, he just went. So you don't have a tackle. I mean, we have bowls. And who else? Let me let me look it up. Yeah, look at him. Look at him now. Prison up. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the name? <laughs> and Lloyd Cushenberry was bad last year too. Yeah, but he was a rookie. He was drafted in the third round. I think I'm not I wasn't expecting too much out of him in his first year. Garrett Bowles took four years to be the man that he is today. He's an absolute savage. No, he's dog. He's a savage. Oh, your your tackle is Bobby Massey. It's not bad. A, he was used to be the Bears' offensive tackle. Dalton Risner, he played very well last year. Graham Glass, uh, Glasgow is was a really good signing last offseason. Cushenberry needs to take a step. And like you said, Massey is pretty solid. Cameron Fleming played all right last season. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad. Yeah, no, line. that's what I'm okay. saying. And especially with Aaron, who's pretty pretty mobile, even though he's used to having all the time in the world in Green Bay, he's not. I mean, maybe Garrett Bowles gives that, but Garrett Bowles is not uh, David Bakhtiari by any stretch of the means. Uh, even though I'm not going to disrespect Garrett Bowles and not say that he's elite, uh, but you're right. The matchups, it's very close. But I think our defense gives us the edge because. Right with what you need to contend with with the Chiefs is to have a good secondary. Right. If your secondary matches up with Tyreek and and uh, Travis Kelsey, you're you're in the game. That's that's what keeps you in the game with Kansas City. No, I agree. And while you guys were talking, notifications came out. Two breaking news: uh, Russell Wilson said he never requested a trade. Oh, I got that earlier. Yeah, and also this one just came out. That Sean McVay says he's been in a better mood since this offseason, since trading for Matthew Stafford. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> well, and weren't him and, and Jared Goff like best friends? They were like father-son. Literally. Weirdos. Nah, I can't stand the NFL's toxic culture when it comes to that. And they went to a Super Bowl. And yeah, Jared they, Goff played amazing he played, that season. Yeah, that year. He had a really good yeah, year. He did have a good year. He had a trash Super Bowl. But, I mean, it is an upgrade, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, let's be realistic. Not close. Definitely upgrade. Not close. It is an upgrade. Could Matty Staffy be top 10 this year? Quick question. Yes, he can, definitely. 100%. I think he will be. He will, okay. he will have a top 10 season. Took, 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 yeah. Yeah, Do they will. go to the Super Bowl? They can. I don't know. That's tough. I haven't made my like last year. It was so easy to pick the Bucks. Here he goes. E- even though, even though in hindsight nobody picked them, like in my just looking at it last year, it was so easy to be like the Bucks or the yeah. team. Mm-hmm. But this year, I really don't know. Like, there's just so much parody in the NFL, and the NFC can't is, make a is pretty. The NFC always has been. Lo- it's loaded. You're right. You're it's right. Def. Yeah, I can't really make a decision. It's ridiculous how many teams. In you the know, NFC, bro. I, I think the audience that's listening or watching is they're gonna they're gonna think this episode was great. 
I think so too. You know, I think so. And I, if you're if they're watching right now, because I know we do the premiere thing, like it goes live on YouTube. I want to see right now when they comment down. I want them to rate the episode one to ten. I think this, definitely I think start this, doing that. I think this was like a nine ten episode. Nah, this episode, you no, know, awesome. we had we had a lot of jokes in here. We had a lot of laughing. Yeah, yeah. Now we had a great time. It was it was a really good episode. So you got to do it. You literally told me I go in raw and you put a condom. You on. bugged out with that one, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. Not because, like, you know, <laughs> I, I I care. I worry about myself. I think no, right now course. people Listen, be worrying about other people too much. Yeah, man. nah. Gotta relax. Got you, bro. Got to follow your own. Nah, dream. but that's how you got to do. It. You throw the jokes in. You talk about sports. What more do you need in life? It's like the flagrant two of uh, pick a side episodes. Yeah, facts. That was you a watch flagrant two. You no, watch flagrant two? Uh, no, I don't actually. Oh, it's a. It's a podcast with Andrew Shows and Akash. Okay. Something. I thought you were talking about what you said was a flagrant too, because oh, no. I agree. There's, there's a podcast called Flagrant 2 where they like kind of make jokes like that the entire podcast. Uh, that's and lit. It's a really great show. Like It's a really, really, really good podcast. That's how you do it. If you can make sports funny. From, like, like PG right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so real quick, just to end off the episode tonight, I think the Bucks and Nets are playing. And the, and my the boys. The Jazz and Clippers. So... Real quick, let's just give our predictions for what's going to happen tonight. Even Bucks. though, it's, even though it's not going to matter when people watch it, you think the Bucks win? Bucks, tonight. I'm taking the Bucks and the Clippers tonight. <sighs> this is hard because then they've the Bucks have looked so atrociously bad. I had confidence, so much confidence in the Bucks going into this series. I'm gonna relent relentlessly. Yeah, I think the sword. Go Bucks. I think the Bucks get one at home today. I, I feel like they need both of these games, no oh, doubt. Oh, well, without a doubt. No doubt. I think they're like, going to get this one. Game three, this is going to be the one where they're like, all right, let's, let's, let's buckle you know down. They don't I'm, win this I'm gonna, over. I'm going to be honest. 100% over. I'm, I'm going Nets, and I'm going, I'm going Utah. I'm going Buck, Bucks tonight, and I'm going Clippers, too. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Rim and with his predictions. And, but also, you think the Nets are winning the series, though. We all think that. Unfortunately, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the fact so they're too. doing this without Harden I is I unbelievable. I have the Bucks winning. I got to stick to stand in my word. For the series, yeah. I thought the Bucks would match up so well against the Nets. Giannis has gotten played around like a child with with KD. KD has violated him every game. He's no, I didn't him. know D Wade was a part owner of the Utah. Jazz. Yes, recently yeah. this season. Yeah, it, oh. that's yeah. why they call Mitchell Baby Wade. No, I knew. No, I, no they, they call, call him. It was they have, he plays the fact just that like he's him, a part owner of the Jazz. And he's Wade at the games that he was talking to. Like, that's now like the, his. But the his fact mentor. that he's like on the court, like yo, Mitchell. that's what owners should do, though. I think. But that's what a good. I mean, not Steve all Ballmer's at every Ballmer, game. Cuban, Pat, Pat Riley's the the president, not the owner. I wonder if Wade lives in Utah now, though. I he's definitely he's definitely in tune though. I love it up this season. I mean, he might have a house in Utah. You know what I mean? But I don't yeah, kind of like Jay Z with Brooklyn, where he he was when he was owner, he was like almost like all the games. Yeah, our owner, he was like almost at all the games. He still be at the games now. Nah, but Utah does some really cool stuff. Like I think they have a new owner. He's very young too. Like he's very young. I think he's like in the tech industry. Right. But he had this program this season where for every single win the Jazz get this year. Mm. They're going to give out a free scholarship to somebody for college. That's freaking dope, bro. Yeah, that is dope. That's about so, 40, 50 scholarships a year. Yeah, so that's what they did this year for every single win, and they won a lot of games this year. Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith. And it's, it's, what, it's, what does he own? Because I know he's a tech guy. That's pretty dope that your mentor becomes like a part owner of the Jazz. Like That is cool. So now it's like... 1.5 billion net worth. Let's see what he does. He's a billionaire? Yep. I need yep. to be him. Every owner has to be a billionaire. Yeah, they have crazy. to. Everyone. I'll be one. I ain't even tripping. I'm going to own the Bulls. Uh, billionaire businessman, executive chairman, and co-founder of uh, 
Qualtrics. I don't want to mispronounce that. Q U A L T R I C S. Qualtrics. Uh, yeah, that's really it. Uh, an experience <laughs> management company based in Provo, Utah. So he's just he so he loves he's in, Utah. He's Utah, Utah, Utah Mead. Dove. Now that is lit. shout out to Ryan Smith. Forty four. I don't know if you guys seen the video, but when they they did that scholarship program, they actually had like Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Clarkson, and Gobert. Like they got on the Facetime with the peak, with the kids who won the the scholarship. Right. And they told them they won the scholarship. That's freaking incredible, yeah, bro. That, wow, that it was, was the first on, time it was that on, they heard yeah, it. It was on That's the Jazz's sick. social media team. Nah, where Utah, it was like Gobert was on. Gobert was on like a call. They had George Nying on the call. Like, yeah, hey, Utah congrats. may have a racist when they get in the arena. It's a lot of disrespect, but they definitely put on. For the for Utah, that's freaking the actual dope. club themselves. Yeah, they that's put on freaking. For the I dope. mean, they they say that, but I don't know. Like, if that's well, true. John Morant pops confirmed I mean, it, but they say that about about Boston, and that's a fact. No, Boston's a you know what I'm saying. Fact. They say that Boston has racist tendencies, and that's a fact. So if they're gonna say it, I mean, like Westbrook, talk Westbrook, out of their butt. family, John Morant's family, and um, one I forgot one of they have come out and said that the fans are in fact extremely racist. Like they talk mad shit. He bought mm. he bought the the Jazz for his net worth one point six. Oh wow, that's that actually is, more than his net worth. He was at one point five. Oh, was he? Yeah, that is a steal. Because yeah, you think about how much the, uh, a franchise costs nowadays, you're looking at two, three. And he's the he's well, that's all my like the premier franchise. Wait, he's wait so. Utah. Is, they is, have a history. I wouldn't say they're isn't a he a franchise. part owner too? So he didn't have to pay the whole thing. No, I think he's the majority owner. Okay. Oh, you talking about Ryan Smith? Ryan Smith. Okay. He's a majority owner, but D Wade is the minority owner. Dope. Yeah, they had to chip in like a couple hundred thousand, a hundred couple, a couple hundred million. D Wade got to be it. a part owner. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. That is sick. But this is gonna do it for this episode of Pick a Side. This was episode ninety one. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you guys want, you guys can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Pick a Side Podcast. Well, on Instagram we're at Pick a Side Podcast. On Twitter it's Pick a Side Pod, and on TikTok. It's at Pick a Side Podcast. We aren't on our TikTok game, so just follow us on Instagram. Well, he's Twitter. on his TikTok game. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Individually. Joel. Shout out to Joel. He just cracked 10K on TikTok. That's 11K huge. Too. 11K, bro. Yeah, Congratulations yeah. to you, bro. You've appreciate been putting in so much work. Proud of you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching this episode. Yes, sir.